Uh, it's about damn time. It's going to be a short game and i got to get home for lunch. What in the wide, wide world of sports is going on? I said, All sports, all the time. There's heroes and there's legends. Heroes get remembered. Legends never die. This is the Spoken Podcast. Hold your ears, folks. It's showtime. I'm your host, Lance Twidwell. Man, that kid, he can ball, man. He can ball. Touchdown, Kansas City! Man with freaking balls, baby! Uh, let's talk some sports, because that's what we're here to do. You are tuned in to the Spoken. The Spoken. Ladies and gentlemen, here is Lance Twidwell. This is the Spoken Podcast. I am your host, Lance Twidwell, here inside the KCPN studios with my guys, Trevor Twidwell. What's good? Eddie Ortiz, and the one and only Miss Gat. Episode 74 coming at you guys guys live on Facebook here, as you guys can see. We've been doing this now for the last couple months, and we've absolutely enjoyed the experience that we've had with you guys. It's been a trying, hot, sometimes borderline unbearable week. But guys, after 133 days... We got ourselves some sports back. So needless to say, this show and all sports-related shows are rather excited about the way things are going now. Things are still tough in the world. Let's not fool ourselves here. But things got a little bit easier for us sports fans, and we're here to rejoice, as you heard at the very beginning of the show. But I want to start with something when it comes to the Chiefs. And we're going to have a ton of MLB predictions. We got our NBA predictions. We got the Eddie Hour. We got the Monday Mailbag. We got to hand out some L's. And that's what we do every single week. But I'm going to start with the Chiefs this week, as we try to do each and every week. In all forms of entertainment, whether it's movies, TV shows, music, or sports, we have our heroes and we have our villains. I remember when 25-year-old LeBron James shocked the world and left for South Beach and left behind his hometown Cavs after carrying them for seven seasons. LeBron went from a hero in the eyes of many NBA fans to a, to a villain nearly overnight. LeBron didn't want to choose, want to or choose to become the villain, but this became his persona and how he was received by the majority of casual sports consumers. And despite the fact of how difficult it was for someone who loved being loved by others, LeBron quickly learned to lean into his new role, to embrace the hate, to become the villain, and when showcasing his arrival with Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh on that over-the-top rock star stage that they literally came out of, LeBron feeling himself and the overall vibe of what was taking place in the moment was quoted in saying, not one, not two, not three, not four, not five, not six, not seven, when it came to how many titles he could see the Heat winning while he was there. And many mocked his confidence, as, and as we all know, that he did not win seven-plus titles. They won two out of four trips. That's obviously successful, and no one can ever take that away from what he and his team did in that span. But the villain rule followed him even to this day. The point is, LeBron didn't do anything wrong. He harmed no one and only continued to excel at every level. He was confident in his team and what they could do, and he didn't shy from that. 
He didn't apologize for that. He leaned into it. The Chiefs just resigned their star defensive tackle, Chris Jones, last week. And Chris Jones has always been a vocal leader on and off the field. Chris Jones is emotional, authentic, and raw. Those are rare traits for a star player. Most try to keep a lot of that hidden due to the fear of the public backlash that can potentially follow. But not Chris Jones. Well, Mr. Stone Cold Jones himself didn't waste any time. Went on 610 Sports Radio a few days ago after inking that four-year extension with the Chiefs, confidently stating that when it comes to the expectations and potential with this Chiefs team, Chris Jones left nothing unsaid. Quote, this is only the beginning. We plan to have another parade and another parade and another parade. We're going to make sure we bring not one, not two, not three, not four, but five plus rings to Kansas City. It's been 50 years of waiting, but the wait is now over. It's time to create a dynasty, unquote. Well, to no one's surprise, this got plenty of reaction across the sports landscape. Big names like Dan Patrick and Colin Cowherd held entire segments on their highly popular shows regarding Chris Jones' comments. Cowherd in particular immediately shot down Chris Jones' expectations for this potential Chiefs dynasty by bringing up reasons like Patrick Mahomes' contract that actually helps the Chiefs continue building a great team around him, uh, Lamar Jackson, who's not only yet to not beat the Chiefs yet, but to win a single playoff game. He brings up Broncos quarterback Drew Locke for some fucking reason. 67-year-old Bill Belichick, who's going to coach an entire season without Tom Brady for the first time since the Week 1 injury in 2008, and of course, the fact that it's hard to win a Super Bowl. Since Chris Jones came out with his bold take, even teammates like Tyreek Hill has one-upped, or rather I should say two-upped Jones by saying that he sees seven Super Bowls in their future. And as you'd imagine, the Hounds flock to the meet and both Jones and Tyreek have been the premier figures of sports criticism this week. This is what we need to understand. There's a new narrative coming. And I hope that you, Chiefs fans, realize and accept that. This team has started as this new fun, they started as a new fun team with potential to the defending Super Bowl champs that know their worth, know that they're great, and know that they could really do something special here. But with that comes a new rule, new role that they will have to take on. And that's the villain role. For over 15 years, that was the Patriots' burden to bear, and they bore it well. Tom Brady and Bill Belichick are both the most respected and hated men to ever step foot on an NFL field. Sure, Cheating helps that perception grow rather rapidly. But winning and winning consistently is also a major factor. The Chiefs are going to win more Super Bowls with Patrick Mahomes. That is absolutely going to happen. And the number of those Super Bowls, a number of them, will be coming in the next few years. Us Chiefs fans love this idea of being the next dynasty. After all, few deserve it more than us long-suffering fans. But you have to understand that the rest of the fans out there want to see their team also eventually get theirs. They want to see their team also be next. Sure, everyone can celebrate with the Cubs for winning their first World Series in 108 years, but have the Cubs won four of six? 
You better believe fans of the other 2019s are doing anything but tipping their cap. As Mitch Holtis said in the final seconds of Super Bowl 54, the Chiefs have planted their flag on the NFL's highest summit. And that flag isn't going anywhere anytime soon. Just like LeBron didn't go anywhere. No, Lebr LeBron's words didn't completely come to fruition, and Chris Jones' entire kills may not either. But if and when the Chiefs do what LeBron has done and continues to do something by dominating their league consistently, you will see that shine quickly wear off across the league from both opposing fans and foes. Because you're no longer the fans, the, you're no longer fans of the new guys, you're the fans of the guys to beat. And Chris Jones's confidence, Tyreek Hill's confidence, places an even bigger target on their backs. The Chiefs are now the villains of the NFL. Yes, Mahomes is all class and will be loved quietly by fans from all over the country, but they will hate his success. Chris Jones and this defense will be under the microscope and criticized for the smallest of error and infraction. The Chiefs will be the new negative driving for focus and force of career-long trolls like Skip Bayless, Rob Parker, and Eric Mangini. Because the Chiefs are the next dynasty. Therefore, the next to be hated. Good. Embrace the hate. Lean into it. Be the villain. Because with the villain role comes the success that no one can deny you. And to the fans... Don't let the fact that your team is now the new target for unfair criticism and brainless show fodder on those daily national sports talk shows bring any emotion out of you other than the joy and happiness that you deserve. Because as long as the Chiefs are the villain, that means that your team is still the team to beat. Arrowhead is the new home of the team to beat. We are the fans of the team that everyone will hate for years to come. And that should excite the hell out of you. And when it comes to the amount of Super Bowls that this team will win, I don't usually go with the not one, not two, not three, not four, not five. Because the only number I'm counting to and counting on is 15. And we're going to leave it right there because, guys, we have a ton of predictions to get to. We got the MLB starting up this week. We got opening day yesterday. We got opening day for a lot of teams tonight, this Friday night. A lot of teams are going at it right now. The cardboard people are kind of freaky, but you know what? I'm going with it. I like the fan noise all that stuff. They're trying, guys. That's all we can ask for. We got MLB predictions. We got NBA predictions. The Eddie Hour. The Monday Mailbag. Hold this up. We got a ton of shit for you guys. I hope you all are ready for a great episode 74. But in the meantime, we're going to take a quick break. When we get back, we're getting to our MLB, MLB predictions. We'll get back to that after this. Commandeer is Kansas City's alternative apparel brand. They make unique Kansas City-themed apparel and accessories with an emphasis on counterculture. They're nominated for two Best of KC 2019 awards in the Pitch Magazine and have plenty of designs for both sports fans and anyone else. Find them online at CommandeerBrand.com or follow them at Commandeer on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Soft shirts, designed with an edge. Back at it again on the 
Unspoken Podcast for segment number two. I am your host, Lance Twidwell, here inside the KC Fan Studios with my guys, Trevor Twidwell. That's good. Eddie Ortiz. And the one and the only Gats. So we are so excited here because, guys, this is actually the first time we've done this on the show. We're actually giving you guys our MLB predictions, but it's it's a really cool situation we have going here because of the fact that for the first time in history, we can actually and realistically give you both the MLB and the NBA season predictions, playoff predictions, at the same time. Because as we all know, these seasons couldn't be any different in the startings and beginnings as we all know that they go. But this has been a very, very weird year as is 2020. So we're not going to waste any more time. We're going to go right to our guy, Eddie. Eddie, I want us to start with the NL. I want you to give me your breakdown of what happens in the NL playoffs, and then we'll go to Trev, go to me, and then we'll start with the AL, and then we'll get to the World Series contenders. All right, man. So in the NL, uh, the 18s I have making the playoffs. Out of the NL East, I got the Nationals, the Phillies, and the Braves making the playoffs. In the Central, I have the Cubs and the Reds. In the West, I have the Dodgers, Rockies, and Diamondbacks. Um, as for the playoffs, I got I got the Dodgers facing the Braves. Uh, and obviously, I got the Dodgers winning that, that, that round. Then I have the Reds facing the Phillies. And I have, surprisingly, I have the Reds winning that series. I have the Cubs against the Rockies. I have... I have the Rockies winning that as a surprise. Uh, then I have the Nationals against the Diamondbacks. And obviously I have the Nationals going uh, to the next round. Then obviously in the next round, I have the Dodgers facing the Reds. I got the Dodgers uh, beating the Reds. Then in the, 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 the following game is I got the Rockies, Nationals. And I got the Nationals trying to make a push for defending their world, world championship. So I got Dodgers Nationals facing Indy NL uh, conference championship game, whatever you want to call it. Uh, but I I do have the Dodgers winning that out. So I got the Dodgers winning the NL? NL. Yes. I yeah. believe that would be what three straight years that the Dodgers have won the, would win the NL yep, if that, that actually happens. Three straight. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's legit. All yeah, right, so I mean, Trevor, we'll see if they can finish this time. Yeah, no joke. Well, Kershaw was starting the season off on a bad foot with his bad back, so we'll see if we'll it see pays, pays off. Up. We'll see if it pays off to have you know that load of a roster for this long. And they got the Mookie factor, yeah, baby. Yeah, that's, the Mookie factor. Mookie is definitely. Uh, Trevor, key. how is your NL picture, playoff picture looking, man? My, I broke mine down. It's a little more simple. I didn't even go into all the individual matchups. I just basically I listed off. It's and it's funny too looking at eight teams per division now. That's, it it's was cool. Hard and confusing yeah. for me because I didn't know like how the format was gonna. I don't know if they were gonna do the NBA type of format. I don't right. know. Like, well, the way that they're doing it mm-hmm. and, and is because they uh, agreed to the sixteen team schedule, just like the NBA does. Right. The only difference, because of it being so unprecedented and things being so odd this season and only being sixty games, is the fact they're going with this. Um, this gonna be on national television when the playoffs start in sixty some odd days from now. They're actually going to have the two number one seeds from both uh, uh, leagues pick their next opponent. Yeah, I don't know if I like that very but, much. But here's the, here's the cool yeah. thing is that we all know they're going to pick the worst seed. Well, yeah. So the, we all know it's going to be a one versus eight. So that it, it's just the way they're doing it just to kind of hype up the MLB playoffs because we all know that the MLB needs a shot in the arm. Yeah. So this is like that perfect opportunity. For the, but we all know what, what that one seed's going to do. It's not going to be a mystery. So well, Yeah, I mean, hope if you're halfway intelligent. You know, yeah. I mean, honestly, you want to take the on on you know the. No, nah, you the take the you take the easiest part. path. You want to take the, the, any the goal, sport. Dude, you take the easiest teams path. don't give a shit about who they're. They, yeah. if, if they can face the easiest, that's all path, fan jargon. That's yeah. all fan jargon. <laughs> no matter what sport you want, the you just want to win. It yeah. doesn't matter who you so, face. So how's the how's the NL looking for you, Trevor? Uh, NL, I, so basically, what I did is I just listed the 
the eight teams that I have making the playoffs from the NL. Mm-hmm. Um, I got obviously the Dodgers top. I got in the second. I got uh, the Braves. Three. I got the Cincinnati Reds. Four. I got the Cardinals. Five. I got the Washington Nationals. Six. I got the Brewers. And then at seven, I have the Padres. And then I finished it off the list with the Phillies on the eighth spot. So I didn't dive into, like I said, I didn't dive into all the um, individual matchups for each team because this is still this whole thing is still new to me. So I just kind of went with who I thought was going to make the, the the race. And then I'll get into my contenders once we get no, there. No, yeah. But... Who, who do you have going out of the NL? What do you mean? Like, who's winning the NL for you? Oh, uh, I had the Dodgers. The Dodgers. Okay, yeah, yeah, so yeah. both of you guys have the Dodgers making yeah, yeah. it out of the NL. I just think – I represent I, the National League. I think, that, I think it's overwhelming Mookie, how much better they are than everybody else. Mookie Betts or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he's – him alone and with the new con- – He's a top three player in, yeah. the, in, in, in MLB. He himself yeah. can give that Dodgers that, that edge that they needed. They're just overwhelmingly better this, than everybody uh, you know, roster-wise. Seasons and yeah. he might be that push, man. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you guys picked the Dodgers. Good. So here are my eight seeds. I actually have the Braves winning the one over first overall seed. I think that team is going to shock a lot of people this year. That is a young, aspiring team with plenty of talent, incredible coaching. Mm -hmm. They're going to shock a lot of people this year. And because it's a 60-game schedule, if it's 162, I don't think there's any disagreements that it's going to be the Dodgers that's going to win that one seed. I absolutely do. Okay. I think they're actually going to, like I said, I think they're going to shock a lot of people. Um, I do have the Dodgers getting the second seed, so it's not like they're going to be a bad team. I think they're going to win a lot of games well, despite yeah. only being six. By default, they should. The Reds are going to be a good team. Yeah, yeah. I think they're going to get that three seed. I'm, I'm having them at three. Uh, my four seed is the Phillies. Bryce Harper is going to have an MVP-esque type of season. Okay. Um, I really think he's going to push them forward. Uh, forward. The Diamondbacks, number five. Nice. That is a that team is going to pitch well. They got themselves Madison Bumgarner. They got themselves a good young nucleus that can hit. They're an exciting team. Let's see if they can really piece it together and put together a schedule. But I have them making the playoffs in the five seed. My six seed is the Cubs. That team is still star-driven. And in, even in baseball, even though baseball is more of a team sport than any other sport, really, if you want to break it down, you still got to have your stars. And I think Chris Bryant, I think Anthony Rizzo, those guys are going to really because that's that nucleus is still very similar from the one they won four years ago. Yeah. And David Ross is their G, their uh, their new manager, their new skip, and he was their catcher in in the World Series of 2016 when they broke the curse. I think that team makes themselves in the playoffs and gets that six seed. And then the the seventh seed, I have the Nationals. I know the Nationals just won the World Series, but it's very hard to repeat. And I think that they're getting a little bit old, and they have guys that are testing positive for COVID. They're kind of they're they're kind of jumbled right now. I think they're going to make the playoffs, but I think they're going to make it by the skin of their teeth with that seven seed. And then my eight seed, I do have the Cardinals making it as well. I think they'll be just good enough, and because of the new rule format, I think they'll make it in as the eight seed. Man, I got the Cardinals, even though they four. think they have better barbecue than us for some reason in Kansas City. I, uh, I heard that shit. Now I will say that I, my NL and my NL uh, CS, my National League playoff series. I actually have uh, the Braves beating the Dodgers to represent the NL. That's what I'm telling you guys. I believe in the Braves big time. I think the Dodgers are the better team. But in baseball, you don't have to have the best roster to win. And I know they have the names. The Dodgers have been there. That'll be three straight NLCSs they've been to. It's been really hard for them to get to three straight World Series. Well, if anybody knows, if anybody knows that last season, oh the Nationals, I'm sorry, they well, were I'm NL. Saying, I'm sorry, if anybody NL. knows, that so, you don't have to have, you can have the best roster and not be the best team. That's the Dodgers. Right, <laughs> right. Third and fourth years. That's that a lot. That's, alive. that's borderline don- dynasty shit we're talking about. Mm-hmm. But I, I think the Braves, because baseball is such a fluid sport, and with the madness going on, there's gonna be teams we do not expect to do what they are gonna end up doing. I think it's gonna be the Braves. Mm. So I got the I got the Braves coming out of the NL now. Eddie, starting with you, what is your AL playoff picture looking like? All right, man. Hopefully everybody has this team as number one. 
the Yankees. I got the Yankees out of the East. Mm-hmm. Uh, pretty much being number one. At number two, I have. I have the Angels. I believe in the Angels. The number two the seed. Number Holy two shit! Seed. I, I believe the Angels Man, are gonna are gonna be the shocking mm. team. I thought I was gonna have he's, the hot take. Yeah, that's with not the, with, yeah. the 60, with the sixty game, bro. Fuck. I, you know. No, no, no. All right. I, I, no, no. I'm here for this. This I is like this, this is a season for shit to we're go here for crazy. The takes. Yeah. This, this is where like our guy Ken Swan says. We're, I'm here for the takes. Let's let's have the takes. Yeah. Yeah. So I got the Angels at the two. All seed. right, Eddie. Cali's gonna be popping. Bam, 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 and at, bam. at the three seed, I got the Phantom Indians. Uh, I got the Indians winning the uh, AL Central. I think that's pretty clear. Uh, at the Oof. four, them twins th- are good, man. Them twins are good. Mm-hmm. Those twins won ninety, what ninety-seven games last year. And at, at the number four seed, I have the Red Sox making it. I know they had the whole scandal. They had to switch uh, managers. I know they went through all. But I think they still have that roster. Mm. You know, I still have I still, even with uh, David Price and yeah, that's Mets a blow, leaving, dude. It's a, it's a huge loss, it's but I ace. think they're, they're yeah. able to hang in there. You know, they're able to make the fourth seed. At the fifth seed, I have the 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 asterisk. Uh, what is it called? Asterix? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I uh, like that. I like that. I I believe they're still going to be cheating this season, but they're not going to make it as obvious. Mm. So the trash can make yeah. it to the playoffs. So they'll like be that. they'll be the, the belly the, check the in fifth way. Seed. <laughs> yeah. So it's going to be a little bit more tricky to to do the trash can now because yeah. no, you know people so. bang on their cups. <laughs> Yeah, so I got them. I got them at the five seed, and then at the six seed, I do have the Twins. I think they're gonna make a push, but I don't think it's gonna be it's mm. gonna be enough. Uh, and then at the seventh seed, I have the Blue Jays coming up. It's a it's a really young roster. They're they're up and coming. Uh, what's that guy's name? Uh, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Baby. Yes, there you go. Him. He's stud. He's a monster, bro. Yep. He's, a monster. he's just like his daddy. Exactly. Just like that his daddy. Swing, man. Walks just like him. Swings just like him. Hitting love, balls that are like an inch so, off the freaking plate, like yeah, it's crazy. because it's, a, it's a, such a young team and they're up and coming. Uh, they're not going to be playing in Toronto, so they're going to be. Yep. I mean, based in Buffalo. Buffalo, it's yeah. probably good uh, for them, honestly. So I, they're, I got them uh, sneaking in in the seventh seed, and then at the eighth seed, I have the Tigers sneaking in, in there. Holy shit, Eddie! You got the Angels winning the two seed and the Tigers <laughs> making the playoffs. Bro, Detroit's going to be shit. Eddie, <laughs> I like the takes because you know what this is giving Let's me? Go. This is giving me L material. Yes. <laughs> Detroit's already, Detroit's already getting it. We got De- video of this shit, Bro, man. Detroit's already getting walloped, I think, today, too. Yeah, they, were, they were losing 4-1. I think, yeah, I think that's they, a good I, sign. I think the, uh, one of their pitchers hit it and hit, a, a, hit a, a batter with the bases loaded, too. So that's, our, that's already happening You're this year. You're on good pace. Are you sure you don't want to take <laughs> that back? You want to take yeah. that back? It's only game L.T. Graves. L.T. Graves. It's game Bro, Viva L.T. Grays, baby. Let's relax, do this. All right. Relax. Fair enough. So, out of the AL, uh, I'm going to skip all the games in, uh, and I'm just going to make uh, go to the uh, the championship game. I got the Yankees playing the Indians in the championship game, but I got the Yankees uh, making it out of the AL. So you have the Dodgers and the Yankees playing Dodgers, the World Series. Yep, Dodgers, Yankees. Trevor, how's your AL picture looking? All right, so this is my eight teams that are making the Shock dance. Me, baby. This is uh, you did mine. Honestly, I feel like mine's. I kept pretty consistent with 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 the NL with the AL. I felt like the teams with the better rosters for the most part, or have the best continuity, because continuity is king, dude. When you have this short of a season. All right, so um, obviously number one, I'm with the Yankees. Um, I think they're they're the best team in the AL uh, heading into the season. Uh, obviously, things can change. Judge could get hurt again. You know, things like that can happen. Um, but I think he has a, a really solid sixty games uh, for this season. It's so bizarre, even just 
thinking, you know, I'm, when you're talking baseball, starting off with predictions, I'm thinking about a long ass season and all that, you know, but now we're talking 60 games. It's like urgent. Everything right. is like, right. you know, rushed kind Every of in a weird. So, yeah, yeah. So heading into this, it was, this is a different way of ranking this. I had to think on the short term instead of the, the, the grueling long process it's a of the sprint, season. Not a, yeah, not yeah. A marathon. So I, I really, I feel like I, I based a lot of this off the bats more than I did the pitching because pitching is what the longevity of the game the rhythm of the game is helps the bullpen a whole lot. So I, I really went with more of like the loaded rosters I felt that would have the best hitting. Um, so I went with number one, obviously, with the Yankees. Um, and then number two, I went with the Astros. I, I th- that roster is damn near the same as it's been. Asterix. I still think that roster is great. Um, the, the, I think they'll be right back in the race. Uh, um, so I have them on number two spot. Number three, I have the Twins. I think the Twins... Uh, bats and bullpen are going to be really good. I think they're they're starting up. They're going to start off on a really hot streak, and I think they're going to just kind of coast with that. Um, <laughs> uh, and then number four, I have uh, the Cleveland Indians, who I still believe in. Is still a great roster. Um, have been a great roster for the last three years. Um, they're in my number four spot. Number five, I have the Tampa Bay Rays. Well well managed team. Um, a very consistent team. It's typically has been consistent over the past few years. Uh, I think they'll be right there in the race. They have a good roster as well, good bats. Uh, and then number six, I have the Oakland A's, uh, another consistent team. I think they'll they'll be right there. Um, a, a good defensive team as well. Uh, so I think them in number six and then number seven, I have the Chicago White Sox following them up. And then I'm, I'm topping it off with the Los Angeles Angels. At the number eight? Yep. Okay. And so who's uh, who's representing the AL? I have uh, the, the championship game. I have the Yankees versus the Astros. The top two teams, and I have the Yankees outing them in six games. Okay, so you both have Yankees-Dodgers for the World Series, correct? Yes, I do. Okay, awesome. I'm really glad to hear that, too. Yeah. I'm glad you can have a contrarian take that's going to yeah, be shitty. Yeah, it's going to be great. <laughs> I was writing it as you guys were talking, so that's perfect. No. So my number one seed in the AL is going to be the Rays. Mm. Because Ooh. of the fact that I think the Rays are on the up. They won it's almost a 100 team. games last year. Yeah. Uh, a team that just caught everybody by surprise. They're always uh, Ke- good. Kevin Cash, yeah. former Red Sox catcher, has done a remarkable job getting that team off the ground. Yeah. They have a ton of young talent. Their pitching staff's incredible. That's why I think they're going to – because I'm actually on the other's opposite side of Trevor in this one. I know that bats are what's going to you know, drive the ratings and things of that nature. But the problem with the Yankees and in wins. particular, Eddie, we were talking about this earlier today, my biggest concern, there is no question the Yankees are the best team in the AL. There's yeah. no question. But – the problem is their entire lineup is is based upon two extraordinary power hitters and Aaron Judge and Juan Carlos Stanton, John Carlos Stanton. Problem is these guys miss sixty games a year, and I can't. Yeah. We're playing sixty games, period. <laughs> so it's like I can't. I do believe they're going to be a great team this year. I think they're going to put it together. I don't have faith though that they can withstand even a sixty game schedule going into the playoffs. Yeah, I think you're going to have their problems. So and injuries are that much more important. Right now, yeah. their saving grace, the Yankees, is of course they, the fact they have Garrett Cole at the top of their rotation. He's going to be incredible. Right, uh, I think I think he's going to be just fine, a Cy Young candidate for sure. But I have the Rays at the number one position. My number two uh, seed is actually the Twins. I'm very big on this team. I think they have the right pieces in place, both pitching and hitting, situational hitting, really good coaching. I think this team is going to be one of the best teams in entire Major League Baseball, just like they were last year. They were really good the year before as well. I think the Twins are going to really put it together and get the number two seed. My number three seed is the Athletics. Another team, just like the Rays, that once again is built upon their pitching. I think the Athletics are going to surprise teams again, just like they did a little bit last year. They're going to put it together, have a nice 60-game schedule, and get that three seed. My number four seed is the Yankees because, like I said, Although they are the most talented team in baseball, 
This is an unprecedented season. Baseball is an unpredictable sport to begin with over yeah. 162, Especially let alone 60. Season, right. I, think that the, I think the Yankees do obviously make the playoffs comfortably, but they're going to fall down because they're not going to win the AL East, in my opinion. And then the number five seed is the Houston Asterix. I think that they are, they're supremely talented. Having said that, and COVID really took a lot of the shine off of their cheating scandal. You know, it took the distraction away. That pressure's still there, and the baseball players famously police themselves. Baseball as a whole, they police themselves. They right. take out justice. They serve justice themselves. The league is not going to forget what the Astros did. And it's and it, it's one of the most frowned upon and disgraceful, despicable moves that a team has ever had in baseball since the Shoeless Joe Jackson scandal in the I think, early 1920s. I think, without question, the Astros are going to be both great, but they're also going to have too much pressure on them, and I think that's going to catch them in the long run. They drop to the five. My sixth seed is the Cleveland. Uh, is Cleveland. The reason why I have Cleveland this low, because yeah. I love Terry Francona, and I like their roster. I just don't think they're the type of team that is going to have a sprint type of season. I think if this is 162 games, they would win the AL, the AL Central. Mm. I think they, they're the they're the long game type of team. That's how Tito is. But I think the Twins are going to be that team that gets a hot start and just pulls away from everybody else, and it's not even really going to matter in the AL Central. And then my number seven seed, I'm with you, Eddie. The Angels, I think they do make the playoffs. I think Mike Trout, with him opting in, yeah. is going to lift this team. They're going to make the playoffs for the first time in, I think, three years. That is not deep enough, man. They just, they're not good. That's yeah. the problem. Yeah. But I think with just the fact there's eight seeds, I think they're going to like back into a, a playoff spot. I have no faith in them into the playoffs. Eddie's got them at the two seed, which, <laughs> holy shit, I want whatever you're hitting. I want two of it. I want two hits of whatever Eddie's on right now. But the Angel, if you do that, man, I mean, I might have to take a week off for suspension. Trout fishing, bro. <laughs> nice. Now, my eighth seed is the Kansas City Royals. Oof. That is correct. I have the what? Kansas City Royals. Here I am talking to Eddie about the two seed with the Angels. I got the Kansas City Royals making the playoffs. The 0 1. Thanks to the eight seed. Thank you to the eight seed. They're going to snag that final spot. They're going to get their asses whooped in the playoffs. But I got the Royals winning just enough games. What? Just enough games to get into the playoffs. Now. Exactly. Everybody, go home. This was the end right here. That was that was the that was that was the the comebacks. I'm telling you, they they are they are going to find a way. I think they have just enough hitting. They have these young, unproven players that I think are going to be motivated in a season like this. I think they're going to get it done. It's definitely weird. I think it's going to happen. They just don't have pitchers. They they, they might. They might. That's There's the a lot thing. of young, unproven. Yeah. They have unproven guys, and this is the type of season where you can have those type of guys make serious impact. Or it's not. They're try, they're try or this is not the kind of season. You gotta think. You gotta think. Most it could times be the you get, you get through, you get through your 60th game by the end of May, early I hope. June. I hope, right. But. This season you're getting that late into the year. So what I'm saying is, a lot of times you see these teams come out and look good, and then they get exposed in 85, 86, 90 games. They don't have to worry about that. The Royals go out there. There's no expectations on the Royals. Zero. No one's having expectations. Another factor. This is Alex Gordon's last season. I have to believe these guys are going to want to do something for him. I don't. I'm not saying that's going to be the driving force. A lot of these young guys don't have much of a connection. I with get him, that, though. but yeah. there's a respect level there because they know that he's been up there since 2007. He's yeah. a legend in Kansas City. These guys know who he is because they've been in the they've been in the clubhouse for sure. I got the rolls of the eight seed. Call me crazy. It's weird but, not having the Red Sox in there, though. I was, was yeah, not, well, yeah. And, and, and here's the thing with the Red Sox. I, I love them. It's weird not mentioning them in top J.D. Eight, Martinez eight is going to get is going to get traded this year. Yeah, They're going to yeah. try to offload that Mookie's contract. Gone, yeah. Mookie's gone. David Price is gone. Chris Sale is injured. 
I, I just don't. I don't think the Red Sox are going to be able to put it together in sixty games. I, I just, I just don't. Especially um, bounce back off that controversy yeah. and everything. Now, unfortunately, Royals fans, the the hype ends right there because I don't have the Royals <laughs> representing the AL in the in the World Series, which would be great. Prepare to be hum- I, uh, I hope it happens. Publicly humiliated. I got the Rays. Ain't going to be fun making it out of the AL. I think that team is going to pitch so well. They're going to shut down big lineups. I think the Yankees are going to be too injury prone. I think the Asterisks aren't going to again have too much pressure. Oh, I think the Rays represent. I think this it is it is a budding team, and I think this is the perfect setup for them. I have a Rays and Braves World Series. Eddie, who is winning the 2020 World Series? Dodgers. Got the Dodgers. I got the Dodgers. I was it three out of four years. I, it's time. It, it, they deserve it. It's been what over thirty years, I think, for them since the last. It's been a while. Yep. So it'll be a, it'll be a nice it'll be a it'll be a nice story. Dodgers. Okay, Eddie's got Dodgers. How many, how many, many games? games? Yeah. How many games? Yeah. Six. Okay. Well, sure. I guess that gave away gave away Trevor's answer. <laughs> well, I have the Dodgers in six as well over the Yankees. Um, and it, it's the Mookie Betts, Mookie Betts factor. It's exactly. the, 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 he's the he's the cherry on top of that roster, man. As long as they stay healthy, I just there's not. This is they're built. They built a super team, man, and, and on both sides of the ball too. It's not that defense is nasty. That pick that, that their pitching is just is as long as they like I said, as long as they stay, barring health and their bats. I mean, Mookie's just. Right up there with the top players in this league, and he, him joining that roster and, and the way that team is managed, they they know how to get there. It's just they haven't been able to finish and have that 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 guy that puts them over the top. And Mookie's that guy, and he's a proven winner already in his career. Uh, he does everything. Um, so yeah, for me, it's the Dodgers running away. I have him I have him beating the Yankees in six as well. I don't have the Dodgers or the Yankees winning the World Series. Obviously, you're going to be I wrong. Guess, I, like uh, I can't wait. Those two talented rosters in sixty games. I just don't know how. We revisit this uh, little video that we got going here. I no, have, will do. I have the Braves beating the Rays in seven games. I actually think this is going to be a World Series that we are going to remember. Not just because it's twenty twenty. Not just because of the way things have been. I actually think this is going to be an incredible World Series. I think both teams so young, so talented primed and ready to go something i don't think we've seen in a very long time because usually you'll have that veteran team make the world series you can have a young team make the world series but it's usually not both of the same and i think that this is going to be one of those high energy exciting exhilarating situational type of baseball it's gonna i think it's gonna take it actually back to the old school version of baseball that most people the purists love the most where you have your hit and runs you have your stolen bases your double plays you know, things, pickoffs, things like that. I think that's the type of World Series we're going to get from these two teams because I think that's classic, how they're going to try to play. Yes, classic baseball. That classic game. baseball, I think that's what we're going to get back. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm excited about this one. I, I really think Ronald Acuna and those guys are going to do some things. Who, who did you have beating the, 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 the Dodgers? The Braves. Okay. Yeah, I, I have the Braves beating them in the NLCS. I, I think that, I mean, the Dodgers are too good. I think they're going to get to the NLCS. I just don't have just, them getting past the I Braves. just can't picture the Dodgers. If they're healthy, I don't see anyone beating them. I just... But you it's, have to play that, that loaded. in. You, yeah, you no, have to I, factor in the fact that Clayton Kershaw's had a lot of back problems. Oh, yeah. yeah he yeah. hasn't been great he's in the already, playoffs. He's already dealing with back stiffness. Yeah, Clayton hasn't been great in the playoffs. I love Kershaw. Yeah, he's but choked he's not his ass great, off. Yes, he's not been great he's in the playoffs. That's why they lost last be, time. This week, Clayton yeah. Kershaw's last season with the Dodgers, if he does not make it out. It, yeah. I mean, it's possible. So it all is, the pressure in the world is on him right now. Yeah. I mean, we've seen him get we've seen him get raked over the coals by subpar lineups like the Cardinals a few years ago. I just think the offense of Mookie... Yeah. At it, at it is 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 the biggest I think, thing. Yeah, I think I think 
bets is just that you know that yeah he's, I would I would have probably had I would have probably had league. the exact same prediction you guys had again if this was a normal season. That's but just me. That's my mad respect for Mookie, bro. Yeah. I, I the dude's incredible, and well, having him on that roster is. Just... I want to hear your guys' thoughts on this. Um, what do you guys have going on in the playoffs this year? What do you guys think is going to happen in, in, in the MLB scenario, man? Because there's a, I feel like there's endless possibilities with this just because of the way it's this whole thing's set up. Yeah, 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 we've never seen anything like this before. So in the comments or if you're listening on the podcast or watching on YouTube, hit us up at the Spoken Pod on fa- on Twitter. Uh, join us on Facebook at the Spoken Group. Yeah, let us know what you guys think happens in the in the World Series this year. Who's winning the World Series with you guys? But we're going to leave it there because when we get back, we're going to talk about some things in the Eddie Hour. I'm sure Eddie's got some good questions. A lot of shit's happened this week before the, the, the seasons even began, let alone now that everything's in full motion. Can't wait to hear what Eddie's got. So we'll get back to that after this. Midcoast Modern is a Kansas City focus on modern handmade and small brands. A resource for design-centric home goods, apparel, jewelry, artwork, and limited edition gifts. We support makers, artists from the Midcoast and bring in goods from makers, artists around the U.S. to offer a unique selection. Back at it again on the Spoken Podcast for segment number three. I am your host, Lance Twidwell, here inside the KCPN studios with my guys Trevor Twidwell. What's good? Eddie Ortiz. Yo, yo, yo. And the one and only Gat. So we just gave you guys our MLB predictions. Again, if you guys would like to give us yours, hit us up on Twitter and Facebook. We would love to hear your guys' thoughts and what you guys think about our predictions, but we also want to hear yours as well. We value that at least a little bit. Enough to ask mm. the question, what do you guys think is going to happen? So we're going to get to our NBA predictions in just a second. But we need to halt everything because the most important part of the show, the backbone of the show, <laughs> is is taking place. Mr. Yo-Yo-Yo himself, the Eddie Hour, is amongst us. Let's Eddie, go. what is going on in the Eddie Hour? Take control, brother. All right, man. Uh, the first question is kind of like uh, feeding off of last week. So this question is, I want to hear your top three wide receivers going into the season. Mm. Ooh. Man, that's tough. All right. Shit. Going into the All right. I like this. this. I like this. Well, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to start from three. How about that? And I'll go to one. Okay. Michael Thomas is my number three. You know, the schemed wide receiver, that guy that we, we talked about Man, last week. Man, top three sucks. Top three. Yeah. He made, and he's at the bottom of my three. So Michael Thomas gets the clear Ooh, number all the way three to the bottom, position. Right, yes. all, all the two whole spots below number one? Shit. Yes, exactly. Exactly. It's not number one. <laughs> okay. My number two, I think this is this guy, if you told me who's the number one, I can totally get with it. But there is the, you know, idea, the fact he doesn't score enough touchdowns, where I totally get. Julio Jones, one of the greatest receivers of all time. This guy has been consistent throughout his career, has put up monstrous numbers. He's, I think he's 31 now, so he's he's kind of at the tail end of you know whatever prime he has left. But this guy is still putting up consistent numbers, still as deadly as he's been in a long time. I fully expect Julio Jones to have another elite season with Matt Ryan throwing him the ball. That's my number number two guy. My number one guy, I, I feel like he's not clear cut, but when you watch him play football, I feel like he kind of makes that argument for him just based on his numbers and based on his consistency, how incredible his hands are. His route tree is stupid amazing. DeAndre Hopkins, Nuke Hopkins. This guy 
I, I don't see how this is any. There's any real debate that he, if you're, if he's not your number one, he's got to be your number two. Um, the, I think the best hands in football. Like I said, his route tree is stupid, amazing. He can extend plays. He's incredible in open space. He's extremely quick. For me, he's the full package. DeAndre Hopkins takes number my number one spot. Okay, um, here we go. Starting with my number three spot, I'm actually gonna go Julio Jones, my number three spot. Um, when he's healthy, he is pretty much pound for pound the best. They, these guys, these three guys, in my mind, are the most interchangeable. Um, and believe it or not, heading into this next season, Michael Thomas is not in my top three. Um, he was the best last year wait in my second. mind. Wait, wait. He was the best last year in my mind, which Mr. Was... Mr. 99 rating guy over here yeah, is I now know. telling me Michael Thomas isn't in his top three. Yeah, it's funny. Can we get the flames back, no, 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 Dad? It's funny. Dad, it's can funny. We get we can, the flames back. We can, please? we can we can we can play that clip that you posted too. Let's play it made it sound like I was saying Trevor he was the best in football. I'm saying he that whole argument was based off Madden, go. but that's a whole different There we, we go. That's a whole different conversation. Um <laughs> He's not in my top three heading into this next season. I think he's going to have his numbers again, but as far as pure individual talent, I'm going Julio Jones in number three spot. Number two is DeAndre Hopkins. The only reason I have him at number two, and I have the guy I have at number one above him, is for this reason. He was traded to the Cardinals. I love Kyler Murray. I love his ability, and I, I, think, I, I think I'm going to love the possible connection that the two of them have. Um, but I don't know if that's going to be a connection. I don't know. We don't know. This is a new situation. I can't put him there yet because I don't know. There's too much unknown there. But Nuke is, uh, as far as consistency, and he has the best hands in the league. Him and Michael Thomas are the top two hands in the league. So uh, Kyler Murray is one of the better throwers of the football, one of the better, you know, off-platform, you know, tight spiraled throwers in the league already, I think, in my mind. So I think there should be a connection there. But the far as far as this being a new team, new location, new new system, um, I'm going to put him at number two just because of the unknown. But he could very easily be number one. My number one is Tyreek Hill. And the reason, this is what I'm saying. I'm not saying he's the best. I'm saying heading this season, this is who I think has the most motivation because I don't know if you guys have seen the quotes of him coming out talking about how he's going out here pretty much to prove that he's the best in the league. Mm-hmm. Right? He's still, and he's admitting that he's not better than other guys that he listed above him. I love that. I love that he's setting... He's setting new standards every year for himself. And we've seen him every year gradually get better. Maybe his numbers weren't as good last year as they were the year before. But I think in this base, just off the top of my head, because this is, this, I wasn't expecting this question, but just off the top of my head, I, he has the consistency. He has the chemistry already with the best quarterback in the league throwing him the football. He's already the best, in my mind, the best receiver with the ball in his hands in the open field as far as making shit happen when he has the ball in his hands. He's already the, the deadliest deep threat in the league. And being the size that he is and being the, the deadliest deep threat is crazy in itself, right? So he's not only the best deep threat in the league, hands down the best deep threat in the league, he's also the most creative uh, player in, in the NFL. Maybe him and Christian McCaffrey, the two deadliest guys, if you get them in space and get the ball in their hands, that can make shit happen, right? So in my mind, he's on the best offense with the best quarterback, and he's the number one receiver for that best team, that best offense, and the best quarterback. I'm expecting big, ridiculous numbers from Tyreek Hill this year. I think he could be the best just overall route tree and everything because he's like I said he's gradually gotten better as a receiver. His he's his route because he came in as as a gadget guy initially in this league, right? He was a running back slash receiver. Now he's a legitimate number one elite top three, top five, however you want to rank him wide receiver in this league. I think he's going to take that next step this year. I think he's going to be more than just a game break or back breaking over the top guy. 
I think he's going to have ridiculous numbers this year, and I think he's going to be the best receiver in football this season. Uh, real quick, uh, before we get to Eddie's next question, there is breaking news from Adam Schefter. Uh, Chiefs starting right guard Laurent Duvernay-Tardif is the first NFL player to opt out of his contract due to COVID-19. Oh, shit. Uh, Duvernay-Tardif will not play this year and is instead will continue to work as an orderly at a long-term care facility in Canada helping fight COVID-19. This wow. just dropped as wow. Trevor was making his wow. uh, horrible uh, list. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but... but <laughs> But in all seriousness, in all seriousness, man, this is this is a big uh, this is some big news for the Chiefs. Uh, LDT has had his injury problems in the past, mm. but he is one of their better guards, one of the Chiefs' better guards. So, uh, yeah, so yeah, as, you, as you'll see right here, yeah, they have the they released his um, his actual statement. So you'll wow. see it on if, for our live streamers. You'll be able to see that, I believe. Um, but yeah, good yeah, for him though, man. Yeah, Duber, Duvernay Tardif. We all knew he was a doctor, so I don't think this should really come as a shock because yeah. he knows that his ultimate passion is to be a doctor and to help people. Yeah. So all, yeah, all praised him. Canada has actually had incredible low numbers uh, with COVID in comparison to America, but who the fuck hasn't? You're right. But the, but the point is, is that I love the fact that he's he's really stepping out and he's sacri- I mean, the Chiefs are on a running back tour. Yeah, that's... and he has every right. To try to run it back with his team, and he's choosing to pursue pursue the fight oh, to help fuck hum- it all up. Yeah, no, yeah, to help humans. I mean, this is no, this no, is no, big no, news. Yeah. I wasn't For expecting sure. to hear that, but he is the first NFL player. I'm not I'm not expecting him to be the only, but he is absolutely the first to drop out of his contract. Trend, I, think, I, think, I think a lot more players are going to start. I don't know if he he's the guy it. that's going to start a trend, but well, I, I think if there was anybody that was going to do it, it should be a doctor. He should be a doctor. If Myron Roll was still in the league, he would have done it too. He's a surgeon too, so. Like I said, guys, this is all new to us right now. This is the beauty of doing a live stream, uh, doing a uh, an, an authentic show, a raw show like for this. Sure, Sometimes sure. news is gonna drop, and we live in we're living in a world and in a time and an era where that shit's just gonna be constant. So, Gat, do you have any thoughts on this? What's going on? You said raw, and I have PTSD from <laughs> raw chicken, so mm. no, I have no comment. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. And no one else says no that. chicken. I do have Donny Cow explains. So I can't believe I'm saying this, but that may have been may have the way for Nick. His best days are behind him. Respect is gonna be missed. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's 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 difficult for the Chiefs. I'm sure it's gonna be hard for them to replace him. I think that he's gonna be a, a guy that uh, m- you know makes he makes the team better because when they he's lost him, guy. I think it was in 2018 when he, lo- he was out for it was eight weeks when he yeah. snapped his leg. He's a glue guy. You could tell the Chiefs were struggling to protect Patrick Mahomes. That yeah. shit was funny though. He was like, oh yeah, the, the, like he told him he where, was diagnosing like, yeah, himself. He, he diagnosed himself before the. The actual it's like, oh, this shit's broken, and uh, this shit's tweaked, and uh, I got a sprain. Johnny <laughs> Couch. Oh. I think this may help the Chiefs. Sorry, but LDT's best days are behind him. I'm sorry. Uh, we I mean, it's, 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 it's tough to say. It's, yeah. it's tough to say because he's, like, he's, only, I think he's 28 years old now, 29 years old now. Yeah. So he, he, offensive linemen, you never really know how long their prime Man's really is. Have gone this season, so he's replaceable. No, I said that the Chiefs can trade him because of the cap structure. Right. I didn't know that the Chiefs are going to be able to find a way to go from $177 to paying a guy half a billion dollars and extending their defensive line. In reality, we cut him. He's just doing it. You know, it's not. Yeah. Well, the good thing is the Chiefs did take Lucas Niang. Uh, he is True. a swing tackle, but he has been known to play guard as well. So I'm assuming, mm-hmm. unless the Chiefs go out and sign some guy, that they're they're going to give. But well, you that know, Reed likes to too. rotate his guys around. Too. Right. But we, we we've talked about this on the show before several times that, that Patrick Mahomes is an investment, not just a great player. Right. Now that the Chiefs have invested that much money in him and that much faith in him. This is all the more you know important we'll to the see. Chiefs to figure out so, that position. We'll see them bring somebody else. I think it'll be Lucas Niang, so, though, that gets yeah, that opportunity. So True, that you should. He opted out that contract, so the Chiefs have that cap space now, or like how does that work? 
I, I think yeah. the guaranteed dollars still play in. I don't know what he, I, I'd guaranteed. Go, yeah, I'd have to go to Spot Track and see what his numbers look like. I think he was making over a little over five million, uh, or the Chiefs could save five million. I think it's too late for that though. At this point, I could be wrong. We'd have to ask somebody that actually knows what they're talking about when it comes to the con to the the cap space. Yeah, but I, I don't think that him opting out is going to cause any cap relief for the Chiefs just based off of what I know right now. now. Kudos to him though, man. That's a that's a big decision to make. I mean, you're giving up money. You know, possibly a lot of money. I don't know the numbers, but that's for him to stop, you know, his professional career and follow his other passion, which he might even be more passionate about. What I really appreciate, though, is that LDT, of... LDT waited until we were done with our MLB predictions <laughs> yeah. to get into the Eddie hour. He's, he's watching us live. He's like, he yeah, you know, he's yeah. like, look, the spoken podcast is, is, is they're on fire right now. Literally, Trevor was just on fire. Let's let's drop this now. Hey, Adam Schefter. Yeah, go ahead and drop that. He was going to call Katie Camlin, but he's like, you know what? She's busy. She's at the liquor store right now, Plaza Liquor. Much respect. Let me finish. Shout out to Katie. But you know what? Yeah, Adam, go ahead and take this one as well. Just drop the news. But yeah, like I said, guys, this is this is big news for the Chiefs. Uh, definitely doesn't help them at all. Um, but Donnie makes a valid point. I think that his there is a chance that his number his best, year, best years can be behind him. He yeah. is arguably replaceable. Yeah. The question though is is Lucas Niang if that is the man they're going to put in there at, at, as a rookie, uh, being a swing tackle, playing guard. Is he going to be prepared for that? Or they're going to have to play you know bring a bunch of guys in. Yeah. Like I even predicted that. I said that uh, in training camp, if yeah. the Chiefs have a training camp, they're going to be bringing bodies in to see yeah. who can contend for the offensive lineman's I position. I trust Veach, too. Now, now the door's wide open. Find the bodies. Yeah, yeah, now the door's wide open. We're going to have to replace an adequate starter at the guard position. Yeah. It's going to be tough, like I said, but... I, you I think we can put Irving on, on that? Oh, Cam Irving's oh. not on this team. Interstate 75 can stay the fuck away from my roster. That son of a bitch. Just go grab one of the Chiefs' stadium he trash cans. Got, he not only got Patrick Mahomes sacked so many times this year, he got Mitchell Schwartz hurt and almost ended his season in the Titans game. Like, go ahead, get. We got some uh, uh, just basically commentary from Brian. Rankin is going to be a starting guard this year. Uh, I think he's going to be a great replacement for him because of the way he played last year. Mm -hmm. And Donnie's agreeing. Yeah, Rankin. No, don't get me wrong. Rankin. Yeah. I, I, I like Nye, I like Niang's talent more than Rankin's, but Rankin did play very well last season before he got hurt. His potential so, is there. Yeah, so it's it's there. I'm not going to sit here and tell you I know what's going to happen. We just found out this news five minutes ago. But, yeah, if they decide, you know what, Rankin's the guy for the start of the season to see how it goes, I'm okay with it. Because, honestly, what choice do we really have right now? Yep. I would much rather have Rankin step in or Niang step in right now than some guy on the street that was unemployed yesterday. You know what I mean? I, I want to see them have a guy they're familiar with. Uh, Rankin's been here for the last year or two. I think that's the perfect guy for it. We'll see how it goes. Yeah. We wanted to update everybody because, obviously, for those that are watching the stream right now, maybe you didn't get the news or not. We already posted in the group. We posted on our Twitter feed as well. But we needed to address it, obviously, in the in the Eddie hour as well. And we'll if there's any more news that comes about it, we will definitely talk about it on the live stream. In the meantime, though, until we get further information, Eddie, what is the next question on the Eddie hour? All right. The next couple questions, we're going to travel to Washington, mm. uh, D.C., not, uh, mm. not, not state. Oh, okay. Well, they have some news, too. <laughs> yeah. All right, so Alex Smith has been clear to play football after his broken leg by football medical professionals. Uh, I want to hear your thoughts on that. And also, I want to hear your thoughts on the Washington football team name. Fair enough. Um, first off, could not be more excited, thrilled, and, and happier for Alex Smith, the person, the man. Um Anybody that watched his third, I think it was, no, it was an E60, I believe. Wasn't it? It was an E60. 30, or, it, was it was an E60. It was E60. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't yeah. a 30 for 30. Yeah. Um, his E60 was very touching. Um, it was it was very tough to watch. Uh, very graphic in nature, obviously. Shit. But to see him 
literally go from almost dying in the hospital to now being medically cleared to even try to play football again, extraordinary, couldn't be happier for him. In the same breath, I don't want to see him try to make a comeback. And it's mm-hmm. not, I will never shit on someone's dreams. You want to pursue your dream as long as you want to, and if people are willing to pay you to do it, by all means, go after it. I don't think there's going to be. I don't. I don't think the Washington football team is going to give him a real chance because they have Haskins there, who I think they're going to ha- give a real legitimate shot of getting this this team as his team. Mm-hmm. Um, and Alex Smith is 37 years old, so if if the football team is to release him or figure out a buyout, there is no team out there that's going to pick up Alex Smith. Every team has their starting positions, and most teams have their backup, and they're not going to take the risk, even if you get them at a bare minimum price. Alex Smith, if I'm him, a guy who's made over $120 million in my career, I'm going to enjoy that, still with my health, still in my 30s, with a beautiful family. People respect me respect me across the league, maybe get into TV or commentating or something like that. There's going to be a, a doors that will open for Alex Smith because everybody oh, likes the guy. Please don't get into commentating. I just don't, I just don't want to see him try to go back on that field as a concerned human. Yeah. Regardless of how I felt for him as a, as a Chiefs quarterback, which I did not like him as a Chiefs quarterback, I care about the person. I just saw what the man went through mentally, emotionally, and more importantly, physically. For him to be able to be cleared, take that. And take that as fortune, man, as good fortune, and walk away gracefully. That's what I, that's my only advice to him. I'm not gonna t- if a team wants to hire him, cool, whatever. I don't I don't see that happening. Just like I said, take your health and run with it, man. Please do that. that I, you're you're 37 years old now. Even if you weren't hurt, you're at the tail end of your career at best. Take what you got. You had a successful NFL career. You made a ton of money. Walk away. Do you want to address the? You said addressing the Washington team name too. I mean, I, here's the thing. Washington football team. I, I'm glad. I'm super glad that they 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 did go away with the racial slur. I'm glad that's over with. Yeah. <laughs> but this is clearly Dan Snyder trolling the league and trolling everybody that bitched about this. Yeah. He didn't take the time to figure out a name. He they they said it was too soon. All that other bullshit. Look, when NFL teams and, and the NFL want to get things done, they get it done. Dan Snyder was basically giving us both the middle finger, two middle fingers, and saying, look, we'll sarcastically call ourselves the fucking football team. Well, the fucking football team is going to be taking a lot of L's this year once again because it's Dan Snyder's team. So regardless of what they're called, they're going to be in the L column each and every single week this year. So I feel bad for Ron Rivera. I got a lot of respect for the dude. I feel bad that he has to take this on, let alone ever, but in his first season with the franchise. But I think it's just all comic comedy at this point. Dan Snyder just showing his ass even more. He's a complete joke. And this was just him being a lazy schmuck, throwing, like I said, throwing up the birds to everybody that, that had a problem with him having the racial slur still very much in place that he had no intention of ever changing. So uh, I, I heard it. I laughed about it. Me and Eddie, I think we talked about it during the day one day when it came and dropped a couple days ago. And that's where I'm going to put it. I'm not, I'm not going to give Dan Snyder any more attention than I need to at this point. Well, they said, wasn't there, like, they were trying to work out the legality the legality side of, of uh, that they were working on a name. So they had the name... But yeah, the, uh, no one knows tra- what it is, but, no, but oh, the some trademark, do. the trademark issues and all right. that. It was already trademarked, so they they were they're trying, trying to. to that sounds out. like semantics to me, bro. That's what it sounds like. I mean, it that might like, have been like excuses. But maybe the 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 people that had the trademarks wanted a certain amount of money that they weren't willing to pay. Who knows with the the political crap behind all that? Who knows how that what was going on behind the the scenes and everything? But yeah, the the name is is definitely comical. Um, I'm not gonna lie, I laughed so hard, bro. When I saw, I thought it was fake. I thought it was a, a troll job. I mean, it literally is a troll job, but um, I'm not gonna lie, I found it, I found it pretty funny. But, anyways, yeah, it's gonna be 
interesting to see how many how many commentators slip up and say the Redskins all year long, just like everyone talks about the you know with the San Diego Chargers. You know, everyone still says San Diego a lot of times, but um, Alex Smith, man, yeah. Uh, the way I look at it is like I, I try to like imagine him if he's like one of my brothers or you know a good friend, close friend of mine. You know, if I was in, if if I w- if he was close to me like that, I would absolutely be telling him, dude, the, the age you're at, uh, with the injury that you suffered. And I know you worked your ass off just to get back to where you are now, just to have a shot and possibly playing football again at a pro level, though, at, you know, I mean, not flag football, not, you know, I mean, not two hand touch. This is you're jumping out there with the big dogs you're in the lion's den again, dude. And one good hit, you could lose that leg. It's not worth that. It's just not worth that. Me being a family man myself, him having, you know, his, his sons, you know, a beautiful wife, dude, you've made your money. You, you, you know, I could definitely see him becoming a coach, maybe not a head coach sometimes, but he's a very knowledgeable guy. Um, maybe pursue that. Um, but like when I, when I, like when I laugh at you talking about him commentating, I can just, there's no way I could digest listening to Alex Smith commentating on games. I love the Fair guy, enough. great enough. person, but like, but yeah, you know, that, that 75 yard touchdown really jumped out at me. I can't, I just, I couldn't handle him commenting on games, but, um, yeah, man, don't, for me, just it's just not. There's no reward that's worth that risk. There's no reward that's worth him possibly losing his leg because he has a high. There's a high chance of him losing that leg again if he takes one bad blow. It doesn't even have to be a break. It could be a, a bad twist, you know, and that leg gets infected again or something because he's you know he's got so many. He's got that fuse fuse yeah. shit that's going on. Just watching that documentary is just rough. How disgusting it was and. I have all the respect in the world for him for what he did and how and the links he went to overcome it. Uh, not a lot of people will be able to will be psychologically tough enough. Some people just caved and said, you know, take my fucking leg. But he fought it. He kept that leg. You know, he's he's strong. He's and he's cleared, which is miraculous in itself. Um, but yeah, me if I was you know one of his close friends, I would definitely be um, encouraging him just to, to hang it up. You know, he had a solid career. He was a solid player. Um, definitely has a future in football still if he wants to coach or be a quarterback's coach, you know, or possibly an offensive coordinator. I think he's a very knowledgeable guy, especially in, you know, just being the player that he was, you know, high IQ guy. I just, I just hope that somebody that loves and respects Alex Smith, that he respects and loves as well, yeah, gets in his ear and is like, look, man, stop. I get it for Don't him because in his Don't mind, in his mind, man, he's probably, you know, being the, the, the competitor, the competitor and the athlete, yeah. athlete he is, you know, he's wanting to get back out there because he fought that hard to get back here. But at the same time, if I'm his wife, if, I, if I'm his brothers, if I'm his pops, you know, like, I would be telling him, dude, like, I don't want to see you missing a body limb. I just don't want to see it happen. Because should have, in all, in all, in all respects, should have lost a and leg. And maybe, <laughs> maybe, lost, maybe, 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 maybe if he was on, like, you know, a great team that had a chance at getting him a ring. No, dude, you're in Washington. Yeah. <laughs> you're in Washington. Not only do they suck right now. They're dealing with all this controversy. So, so you really want to be the face? On a bad do, yeah. Team. Do you want to be the face of that? I don't. And if he was on a good team, there's no chance in hell they're playing him because they have a better quarterback in right. that scenario. So it's uh, it's a lose lose. Just just an update. Uh, we have our guy Kent Swanson. Um, he just updated us on Twitter. He said the Chiefs will be fine at guard. This is an opinion tweet. Uh, the Chiefs will be fine at guard. I would prefer Lucas Niang stay at tackle in his development. I expect Martinez Rankin and Andrew Wiley to be the guards right now. 
So, again, Martinez Rankin is more than likely going to get that job. It's okay. probably going to be his job to lose at this point. And if that is the case, like we said before, and as our guy Kent already stated, the, the Chiefs are going to be in good hands. I know that naturally yeah. losing LDT is going to bring you worry, and it makes you worry about Mahomes' upfront protection. I think the Chiefs are going to be fine. I don't want to yeah. downplay this, but I do think that we don't need to freak out about it at the same time. Well, and in my mind, Rankin's the better athlete. Mm-hmm. So I... Being, being becoming more athletic at that position to me, and it can't it, that can only be a good thing. Well, I mean, not, he might not be better as far as technically sound as LDT, but and you can make the yeah. case that th- this adds to the value of Clyde Edwards Hilaire as well when it comes to the chip blocks and things sure. of that nature. The running backs are going to have to really pull their weight now to protect Patrick Mahomes' blind side in particular when he's running out of the pocket. So, uh, like I said, guys, as as this news develops, we're going to give you guys more, but that's what we have right now. Uh, Eddie, what do we got next, man? All right, man. Uh, we were talking about fighting back for Alex Smith, so we're gonna jump into some fight action. Mike Tyson. Mike Tyson has agreed to an eight-round exhibition fight against Roy Jones Jr. Prediction. Well, before I give you my prediction, I just want to say this is a, a total 2020 type of thing to happen. <laughs> I mean, we had going into this week, we had a football team with no name. Yeah. And then we had a baseball team with a name but with no home. And now the biggest fights. In the boxing world of 2020 is going to be Mike Tyson, 54 years old, versus uh, Roy, Jones. Roy Jones Jr., 51. And then, uh, uh, what's his name, Nate Robinson versus uh, Logan <laughs> Ryan or Logan Paul, whatever the hell those kids, those blonde bitches' names Jake, are. Jake Paul, right? Jake Paul, whatever his yeah. name is. Ryan Paul, whatever. The Paul guy. Those YouTubers. The yeah. YouTuber They're guy. Like, those shit, are the dude. two biggest boxing matches of the year. Like, if that doesn't scream 2020, I don't know what does. So, to give you a prediction... I am not going to bid against Iron Mike. I know that, that Roy Jones is in better shape. I know he fought in 2018. And I know that's been 15 years since Mike Tyson. But I think Mike's going to catch him. I think Mike's going to put a, put an uppercut on him. And I think he's going to drop Roy Jones Jr. I'm saying third or second round second round knockout. Jesus Christ. Um, Mike Tyson's going to get his ass flames. mopped. Mike Tyson's going to get his ass mopped up. Um Roy Jones, in my mind, is always he's, he's stayed in shape since he retired, um, and you can argue that the peaks of their career is Roy Jones was the better fighter. Um, Roy Jones is one of the greatest boxers of all time, and obviously Mike Tyson, to me, I've I've said it numerous times, is my goat. Um, but Mike Tyson has had to fight tooth and nail just to get to the shape that he's in right now. He's had to work probably harder than maybe he ever has before. Uh, Look, to if get, you beat cholesterol, he can beat Roy Jones to get, Jr. To right? get to where he, he just he just spent what like twenty almost two decades just chilling and smoking pot and just getting fat, and he just now in a, in a matter of half a year. I don't see, I don't see the problem. <laughs> You're not a professional fucking boxer trying to go in here and have a big fight. That's that's my point. I'm just saying like he spent all that time just doing nothing. Roy Jones has always stayed in shape. Roy Jones has always trained. Right? He's Roy, gonna get dropped. You, no, Roy Jones, is, his conditioning is going to be peak. Already stayed in shape his whole entire off, off of, well, since he's been, uh, you know, not boxing, obviously. Um, I know they're both in their 50s, but three years could be a big a big deal, too, as far as the youth difference. Um, not only the youth difference, the speed. I think I think Roy Jones' speed. Did you say the youth difference? Three years, and the fact that he's obviously three they're years both young. old. He's, the, you understand the age, age is just a number. I'm talking about the physical age. <laughs> I'm talking about the physical, the physicality of their ages, the body differences. Tyson had to work that much harder just to get to where he can fight Roy Jones. Roy Jones has been fight ready pretty much his entire retirement. 
he could have jumped in and fought almost at any time because he's always trained. Yeah, do you ever see the last Rocky? I mean, Rocky was in shape. He was there and ties the dude. Yeah, I've seen a yeah, I've seen a fucking movie. Why can't that happen? Yeah, I've seen a movie before. Stallone did it. Why can't Iron Mike do it, bro? Look, I want to say Mike Tyson's because because I love Mike Tyson, but I think I just think. Roy Jones is going to be the better prepared, the more stamina-driven guy. Um, I think he's going to be quicker, more elusive. I think he's just going to outlast Tyson. Unless Tyson sneaks in there and gets inside of him and gets catches him with those one of those uppercuts you talked about, I just don't see it happening. Maybe if there's a, a second chance where Tyson has a little more time to prepare and be in even better shape because Tyson hasn't it, – it's only been, what maybe like I said, six months he's been training this hard to get to where he's at now. I get it. I just don't have faith in Tyson because we haven't seen it in that that Iron long. Mike. Iron Mike's gonna right. not only drop Roy Jones, but then he's gonna light a joint in the in the ring after he drops him. It's not gonna be Mark a knockout. It's gonna go the distance, and Roy Jones is gonna outlast him. I can't believe this. All right. Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. You gonna celebrate with some Krispy Kreme? <laughs> <laughs> Give me my joint. <laughs> Mechanic. Oh man. Let me TBD. It was spinal. <laughs> I need my TBD. I broke my back. It was spinal. My joints. Oh, my, my joints. Do- What's up, Gap? Yeah? Sugar Ray was so terrified for that interview where Mike Tyson broke down. Like, he, if you broke eye contact, <laughs> yeah. I think Tyson would have, like, just reached out. He's like a pit bull, man. He's, he's not human. Bull. Yes, that's what I'm saying. Pitbull. Yeah. He talks about, like, his, my darkness. I can't like, wait to watch it. It's going to be fun. It's gonna my be darkness. Fun. Like, I don't want my darkness to come <laughs> out. Yeah. I got to at least my demons. I'm a two piece, you bitch. You know what I mean? Spinal. So, what's up, buddy? Done, Mike? Yes. <laughs> you, can, you can speak. <laughs> Forever hold your peace. Yeah. Jesus. All right, next question. Jake Paul's fighting Nate Jesus. Robinson. In the same fight. No. This is ridiculous. This one's ridiculous. It's 2020. <laughs> Nate Robinson's going to drop his ass, dude. Nate Robinson's going to drop his ass. Wow. Look, Nate Robinson, his entire life has been the Kevin Hart of basketball, right? He's been undersized, undermanned, basketball. underappreciated. Yeah. And he's fought his way to everything he's had. And he dropped into the DMs of Megan How many Stallion. boxing matches? That dude's got confidence. I'm taking Nate Robinson and a first-round TKO. Jesus, dude, you're just knockout happy, aren't First you? First round. I got Jake Paul here because um, he's actually has a has boxing experience yeah, and he's been in numerous fights. boxing fights. Yeah, and he's, he's good in front of the and camera. He's actually no, he's actually not bad. He's decent. He's actually I'm a, him and his brother both actually aren't. They're actually legit athletes. Um, I don't know about legit boxers, but they both have they're had decent. boxing experience and they both train on a consistent basis. Um, Nate Robinson was a mediocre basketball player in the, in, in the NBA that was okay and really athletically gifted with dunks and his ability for his size. But we're talking about boxing. I don't know anything about his boxing background, if he ever even has one. I feel like this is a money grab for him more than anything. It's a money grab for both of them, honestly, to join this card. Um, but I, I'm taking the actual semi-amateur boxer in this with, with Jake Paul. I think Jake Paul's trainer is uh, Sugar Ray, if I'm not mistaken. They have money, so yeah, they, they get trained with the best. Right, that's what I'm saying. Him and his brother both are legitimate. Yeah. They get trained by legitimately like legendary well, trainers. Do the, do the Paul brothers paint at all? Because he's going to be on the canvas, so he might as well learn how to. I just paint don't understand. There's, you have nothing. Make sure that, you have you know, nothing to. You have nothing so to. Bad. You have nothing to go on with what Nate Robinson though. It's just the fact that he's a name. Like, yep. and that name is going to drop. <laughs> Mr. Based Paul. on what? What's his name again? Ryan Paul? Logan? What is these guys' name? I, yeah, I just Jake, know his hair. Jake Paul. He has like a like a Pac-Sun looking hairdo. 
These guys are crazy fans. Yeah, he looks man. like a guy that like works at PacSun. Hey, I'm Riley. What's good? You know, he just looks like one of those guys. You know what I mean? So he's gonna get dropped. Nate Robinson. That's my dude. I got him. All right. Did hey? Did Meg the Stallion ever reply to his DM? No. By the way. Okay. Never mind. Did no. she get shot? Yes. Yeah. She by did. Tory Lanez. Yes. Yes, she did. Any, anything else that you want to oh. add? <laughs> Yeah. All right, next question, Eddie. Right. <laughs> just throw that in there. <laughs> All right, next question. Was the 16-team uh, playoff needed for the MLB 2020 season? Was it needed? No. Um, but I, I like it because of the fact that you're getting more teams involved in the playoffs in a year like this because yeah. you have to understand, like, the MLB and all these other leagues are losing their ass and money. You, you give these teams that otherwise would have never had a shot to make the playoffs a chance to get that kind of playoff money – and who's to say that by that time we don't have fans in the stands? Who knows what's going to happen in the next couple of months? Um, you never know what's going to take place. And, and for small market teams like the Reds, if they make the playoffs, if the Twins, or the Royals, teams like that, you're building revenue in these smaller towns that are already taking massive hits. So um, I don't think it was necessary, but for, in the grand scheme of things, I think it's the best thing for baseball as a whole. And I and I really, I really, honestly, we we shit on the majors a lot because they do a lot of things horribly and they're outdated in a lot of uh, mentalities that they have. This is the one thing I think they did that was proactive. I think they got out in front of it and they made something right that was wronged or maybe not as 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 uh, as tightly fit as it may have it could have been and they went and made something happen. I also love the fact they made a universal DH. I think that's how it should be anyway. I think the yeah. NL needs to get with the times, have an extended hitter, not a pitcher going up there batting one eleven for the season. Right. Go out there and get a guy that can drop thirty home runs this season instead. It makes the game better, adds to the quality. I'm going to salute the MLB on this one. I think it was a good move. Do I think it was necessary? I actually do think it was necessary because, like you said, for the money reasons. We saw in the views that we saw for the night one of MLB's uh, uh, opening night, opening day, uh, the, the the ratings are right up there with the last dance. You know, yeah. and, and, and you know, so that was incredible in itself for baseball. I, I, I know they would much rather have a full season, but for those ratings to be that great, it just shows you that the, how the this country is starving for some action, right? So, I mean, making the giving you know teams that typically wouldn't make the playoffs a chance that just makes the because there's there's a, there's gonna be a team that wasn't supposed to, that wouldn't typically make the playoffs this year make a little run in the postseason or at least you know get a chance to you know make a series out of something that they otherwise wouldn't have even been in in the first place so I think that makes just for a good entertainment giving these other markets chances to make up some money too and the ratings for the the playoffs are going to be outrageous um, just for the time in the setting that they're going to be going occurring in. Um, and then and the buildup, obviously. So, yeah, from, for money reasons alone, I think it was necessary. All right. Let's go into some darker questions. No, oh, boy. <laughs> so, recently, LeBron, uh, you know how he's been very vocal, vocal on the whole situation that's going on in the U.S. Uh, with the whole racial stuff and, you know, justice like, yeah. and vote and all that stuff. But he has opted not to wear a name approved by the NBA on his jersey in support of that, of those causes that he's been so vocal about. Mm. So I want to hear your thoughts on that. It's hard for me to tell somebody how to go about expressing their opinion or belief in something. Um, I think that LeBron, something I, I marvel about him, obviously you guys know I'm, I'm a humongous fan of his as a, as a, as a basketball player and as a man. Uh, because I don't know which one he's better at being, honestly. I think he's incredible at both. <clears throat> this is something that I actually admire about LeBron because I think what he's trying to say 
is that everyone has their own approach. And it's and I think it's great that there are players that are rocking Black Lives Matter or these other quotes or names. We're seeing not just in the NBA, but the MLB wearing Black Lives Matter. You're seeing, uh, you know, the NFL is going to do the same thing. I think it's amazing that this is happening. Um, and it does not bother me in the slightest bit that LeBron is choosing not to because I think LeBron's approach this entire time has been to use his personal platform in other ways. I think that he's already gone out of his way and expressed these things. Even after the scrimmage last night, he had he had a really good half, the, the half he played. First thing he talked about was Breonna Taylor and, and getting her justice, the fact that she hasn't gotten her justice. That's the first thing he talked about in his interview. Um that's how LeBron is approaching this, and I have no problem with that. I, I think that no one is obligated because you take a stance to do things the way others see fit. Just like when Kaepernick, he's getting shit on constantly. Where is he? Why isn't he saying things? He's not being a leader. Colin Kaepernick did what he needed to do. He went out there, pioneered something, put his name on the line, put his career on the line, lost everything because of it. For us to sit here and tell him that he needs to be doing more or needs to be doing it the way we see fit is not correct. LeBron is doing it the way he sees fit, just like anybody else would. And I salute each and every one of these people that are participating and contributing wholeheartedly into this, no matter which way they want to go about it. Yeah, LeBron was quoted on saying it just it's something that didn't really resonate with him uh, as far as you know picking uh, one of the things out of the hat that the, the league allowed the teams to say. I think I think that honestly played a part in it because he even was also quoted saying that he would have he would have liked to have been a part of um, you know, picking the phrases that were used, that were that were options, picking you know, at being able to throw his opinions in the hat of the options that players were able to choose from, because the league is the one that that you know conjured up these different slogans and stuff that you can put in New Jersey. So I think he just just went with his his name, obviously to represent you know himself as a black man, you know, being you know who he is and what he's created, you know, himself as a, as a, as a as an icon, and not only just sports, but you know, fame in general, becoming who he is as a mogul. Um, I think I think his name's just as powerful as anything else he could put on his jersey right now, you know, because he's obviously working towards he's done everything you could possibly do with his you know, with his name. So I think that name is just as powerful as anything else he could put on there. Um yeah, I just think I think him not being able to like be a part of you know picking and choosing what players could put on there, him having a say in, in any of that kind of probably played a part in it. But um you know, it's his choice. There's going to be a lot of other players, you know, him being the biggest name that's not using it. There's going to be a lot of other players that aren't putting anything on their back, on the back of their jersey. So I just think it's one of those things, you know, whether you do or you don't, I don't think there's any judgment to it. So him just being the biggest name, that's why this is news. All right. So my last question for you guys is, uh, so the Yankees and Nationals uh, took a knee yesterday, but it was before the National Anthem. And then once the National Anthem started playing, they all stood up. And obviously, pay their respects. Hmm. Should other teams should other teams do this instead of kneeling during the anthem? Uh, I don't want to. I don't mean to repeat myself from the previous answer that I just gave for LeBron, but it, it's going to be in the same vein. I, I I'm not one that's going to tell these guys what they should and shouldn't do when it comes to peaceful protest. Right. I feel like it, look, if they feel like they're making impact by kneeling before the national anthem or during the national anthem or after the national anthem. That's their choice. I think it's going to make impact regardless uh, because we're sitting here talking about it right now. We're seeing it all over social media. We're seeing it on ESPN and FS1 and all these other networks. They're making impact. This is happening. You don't have the NBA plastering bold letters, Black Lives Matter, on their court. You don't have MLB teams wearing, in consensus, 
Black Lives Matter t-shirts, you don't see things like this happening unless impact was being made. Because these leagues know, whether it's opportunistic or not, this is the right approach you have to go as a league. So for the players' perspectives, I think it's great. I think it's awesome that they're doing it the way they see fit because every team's doing it differently. You know, you've had some teams, like one, one or two guys knelt. And everybody stood in unison with them because of their own personal beliefs. Whatever their personal beliefs are, act upon it. Right. And I respect everyone's individuality. That's what makes this beautiful is the fact that we're protesting together, but in our own ways to help make impact in a genuine and authentic way. So, no, I have no problem with it. And if that's the way they want to do it, man, rock on with that. Seriously. Yeah, absolutely no problem with either way you, you attack it. Um whether you do it before or during the national anthem because you're not they're not protesting the national anthem right they're they're protesting the injustices and they're bringing they're they're bringing they're using their stage you know their their popularity the the national you know broadcasting of of their liking their name their uh uh reputations to shed light and 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 on a on a dark thing that's within our society uh within this country um, so it's not about the national anthem, regardless if they do it before or after or during. It doesn't really matter whether they're wearing a T-shirt or not. You can call it unpatriotic if they're doing it during the national anthem, and that's that's you missing the point. That's that's a you problem. You, you haven't done research enough, or you haven't you don't have relationships with people that have actually been through things, so you can't relate. So if that's your opinion, that's a you problem, not an overall problem. So for me. Look, if you, if you want to protest peacefully, if you don't want to protest peacefully, if you want to stand, if you want to take your hat off and cover your heart, if you want to kneel and take your hat off and cover your heart, however you want to do it, um, just be as respectful as possible to everybody around you. You know, Respect everybody else's views. Uh, it doesn't really matter if it's done during the national anthem before or after or during, in my mind. So um, as long as everybody's doing it you know, for the right reasons and you know, we can all understand each other and why people are doing that. All right, that is it for me. Good, Good questions, Eddie. I want to add this sure. at the end, though. Uh, I'm looking over on SpotTrack.com on uh, uh, Laurent Duvernay-Tardif's uh, contract or his his current situation with the Chiefs. Mm. He's actually a free agent after the season. Okay. So there is the question. He's well, gone. Could this be the last time we see not only LDT as a Chief, but in the NFL? Maybe he wants to take this opportunity as his next segue into that full-time medical career, which I wouldn't blame him. He'll be 30 after this season. He's made season. some good money. Yeah, he's been in the league since 2014. He's made $23 million. Yeah. It's a great – I mean, look, if the Chiefs want him back – he wants to come back. I'm all for it. Um, but, yeah, this is a, this is definitely a, a shocker for sure, man. But I, I, I salute uh, LDT for taking this opportunity, like I said, to use his medical practice and skills mm. to uh, better the, the world, man, and, and to help somebody out. And if he can save lives, man, I mean, how, how do we put a price tag on that? I mean, football is nowhere near as important right. as saving lives. So um, all, all my, my hats off and respect to LDT for doing what he did, man. So we'll see what happens as this goes on. But, Great job, Eddie, on the, on the Eddie Hour. That was an awesome time, guys. When we get back, NBA prediction time. Let's go. This is the moment we've all been waiting for. Let's be honest. Like, we've all been waiting for this. You no know what doubt. I mean? I've been hyping it up, hyping no it up. Doubt. You guys are sitting like, get to this shit, all right? Come yeah. on. All right. It's going to be fun, guys. Hope you're, hope, you're, hope you're looking forward to it as much as I am, because I'm really looking forward to this. We'll be back to that after this. KC Hemp Company, your most trusted CBD provider in Kansas City, shipping nationwide. Ancient plant for a new age health. Follow them on Facebook and Instagram at KC Hemp Co.
on the Spoken Podcast for segment number four. I am your host, Lance Twiddle, here inside the KCPN studios with my guys, Trevor Twidwell. Was good. Eddie Ortiz. Go, go, go. And the one and only, Mrs. Gad. So, we have already done our MLB predictions. We've given you guys a little bit of our thoughts on the current Chiefs situation. More than we'd like to, honestly. I mean, this is kind of a, a dreary situation they got there with the Chiefs. It's never great to see a, a player opt out, but for good reasons, it's it, there's a little solace involved in all that, and I'm, I'm really glad, again, that LDT has taken this entire thing very seriously and wants to contribute in a different way. Um, but now it is time for us to give you our 2020 official NBA predictions. And just like the Major League predictions we gave you just a little bit ago, we're not going to waste any more time, or your time in particular. Eddie Ortiz, Mr. Yo-Yo-Yo yourself, how is the Eastern Conference standings going to look like after the eight seeding games of the regular season to finish it up? How? What is your one through eight in the Eastern okay, Conference? My one through eight in the East, at number one, I have the Bucks. At number two, I have the Raptors. At number three, I have the Heat. Mm. At number four, I have the Celtics. At number five, I have the 76ers. Number six, I have the Pacers. Number seven, I have Magic. And number eight, I have the Nets. Very that's nice. My, that's my eight seeds. Now, how does the how does the playoff shake down right. for the Eastern Conference? All right, so I got... Do uh, you want me to go through the... Yeah, go playoff? ahead. Quarter, okay. Quarterfinals. So, so quarterfinal, I got Bucks versus Nets. And obviously, I got the, the Bucks winning that. Uh, then I have the Celtics against 76ers. I have the 76ers uh, being the Celtics in that one. Then I have the Heat Pacers. Wow. I have the Heat winning that that uh that matchup. Then I have Raptors Magic. Obviously, I have the Raptors trying to make that push. Uh, then I have Bucks against 76ers. Obviously, the Bucks is the better team, so I have the Bucks advancing. And then I have Heat uh, Raptors. And like I said, Raptors are gonna try and make that push. I think they have a, a pretty decent squad to where they can actually make that push in the East. Uh, so I got Bucks Raptors, but. That's where it all ends for the Raptors. I think the Bucks are the better team, and, and, and that's that's my team that's going to advance out of the uh, Eastern Conference. You got Eastern the Bucks yep. representing the Eastern Conference. Okay, Trevor, how's your Eastern Conference looking? All right, so my eight my eight seeds are obviously number one. I got the Bucks, um, best team record wise in the league, uh, without a doubt, the best team in the East right now. Um, number two, I got the Raptors. Uh, followed up in the three three spot, I got the Celtics. Um, number four, I got the Heat. Five, I got the Sixers. Uh, the sixth spot, I got the Indiana Pacers. And then followed up by the Magic. And then ending it off with the Nets. Um, quarterfinals, I got the Bucks sweeping the Nets. Um, that should be light work. Uh, and then I got the Raptors sweeping the Magic. Um, and then I have the Celtics over the Pacers in five. Um, and then after that, the final series of the quarterfinals, I got the Sixers beating the Heat in seven. I was tempted to go Heat there in that series because I, I do, like I was telling you the other day, I have a good feeling about the Heat. I think they could make some noise. I think Jimmy Butler's been playing good basketball. And I think he's going to continue that. But uh, I just think that the Sixers are just the more talented roster. Um, so, and then, then after carry on from that, I got the semifinals. Um, I got the Bucks over the Sixers in seven games. Uh, I think that's going to be a tough fought out series. I think both those 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 teams match up well because obviously with Embiid and, 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 and uh, Giannis, 
that matchup alone is you know clash of the titans um because they're two two of the biggest most versatile guys in the league um and they're always fun to watch you know can it beat stay healthy though? that's what i mean I, th- I think so i think he'll be fine um my biggest thing was Ben Simmons, you know, how yeah, they're yeah. going to use him because I know they switched him to small forward, which is going to yeah. be strange. Embiid balled out in the playoffs last year. That's what I'm Embiid saying. Well, Embiid, Embiid always steps it up against yeah. Giannis. Yeah. They have battles. That's why I think it's going to go seven games. And I think we, it's we forget, if the, if, had Kawhi not hit that amazing shot at the end of that Sixers series, advancing. Oh, yeah. Sixers advance and they play yeah. the Bucks. who knows what happens. And that's, it pissed me off because I had <laughs> the Sixers going to the finals right. that year, man. Right. But, um, anyways, uh, yeah, so I have the Bucks over the Sixers in seven. And then I have the Celtics over the Raptors in seven. I think the East is going to be so fun to watch. I think these series are going to be so well, yeah, fun to watch. LeBron's not there anymore. Now there's other teams that might have a chance no, to win. Let's, let's be honest. There's a lot of talent in the East this year. There's a lot. The Celtics are loaded. The the Sixers are loaded. The Raptors are loaded. And, you know, the Bucks are obviously a very good team. I wouldn't say the Bucks are loaded, but uh, they're kind of top-heavy roster. But anyways, that's my semifinals. Uh, are we going to go into the East? Oh, so, yeah, yeah go absolutely. all the way through. Eastern Conference Finals, I have the Celtics beating the Bucks. In seven games Ooh. for the Eastern Conference. I had the Celtics representing the East in the finals. Okay. I like what I'm hearing so far, guys. These are some good uh, mixed bag predictions here so far. I can't wait to hear the West. I know that's gonna be just. You know. I just think Brad. This is Brad Stevens' year to to show uh, you know his skills as a coach. I, I believe him as a coach. I think he's gonna win him a chip here and there uh, throughout his career. Um, I think this is the year he takes that next step. My Eastern Conference standings goes as is. Uh, first overall seed is gonna be the Bucks. There's no way anybody's catching them uh, in eight games. Uh, I actually have the Celtics climbing to the number yeah. two spot. That, yeah, I was tempted to do that um, too. And I actually have the Raptors climbing to the number three spot. Then we have the 76ers at number four, the Miami Heat at number five, the Indiana Pacers at number six, the Orlando Magic at number seven, and the Brooklyn Nets at number eight. Yeah, I think the Pacers, Magic, Nets is like kind of unanimous kind of a, yeah, bottom three. I don't think there's going to be a lot of Neither of them the matter. Bottom. Yeah. Um, my, the Bucks are going to make quick work. I agree with Trevor on the Nets. They're going to make quick work of that. It's not going to be a series. No. Celtics are going to work the Magic quick. Uh, the Raptors are going to get done with the Pacers pretty quick because I don't know if Oladipo is going to end up playing or not. And I don't know how good he's going to be. Yeah. Um, and then this, I actually have the Sixers beating the Heat. I think the Heat are a better shooting team, uh, especially with Robinson. Mm-hmm. Uh, the young kid knows a Duncan Robinson. Maybe the best oh, three-point yeah, yeah. shooter in the league right now. He's insanely awesome. Um, I still think, though, the Sixers' skill set and, and, and overall talent is just going to out. The Heat the just heat. don't have anybody to hold. Yeah, NBA, I mean, NBA. Jimmy Butler's going to give him a run, and there's that revenge factor there because he played with the Sixers last season. Yeah, yeah. Who knows what's going to happen? But I, I definitely have the Sixers advancing in that series. The semifinals, um, this is going to this is gonna just flip the whole All script right. right here. I have the Sixers beating the Bucks in the semifinals. Ooh, I Reason love why? I love it. Trevor actually nailed my prediction before I, was so I got tempted to tempted to do the same Joel shit. Joel Embiid is four inches taller than Giannis and is scoring at a high level, higher level than he's ever scored before. Going into the he's uh, the better the shooter. He's the March. better shooter, better handle. Joel Embiid. Joel Embiid was having his a career year and yeah. was healthy. Was ready to go. Ben Simmons has been struggling, but that's because he was playing point guard still. They didn't have Shake Milton playing the point guard that's position. That's what gave me pause, though, because I'm not sure how that's going to work out. I actually think it's going to work out well because it Ben could. Simmons is going to be off the ball a little bit For more, sure. and it can stri- distribute from the wing. I well, think that is going to be deadly effective. And Al Horford is a baller in the playoffs. Yeah. Comes alive in the playoffs each and every year. I think we're sleeping on Al Horford. I know it has not worked Who can to this shoot point. Too. It's spread the floor. I think they come together. The Bucks have the most pr- – we talked about We're going to talk about pressure. Yeah. They have the most pressure to get to the uh, the finals this year of any team, out, even more than LeBron getting to the finals. 
Because Giannis is going to more than likely win the MVP, whether I agree with that or not. Right. He's going to win MVP. That is going to be his back-to-back MVPs. He has all the pressure in the world, not to mention the drop-off from Giannis to his next best player well, Chris Middleton. is significant. Chris Middleton is a good player. bro. He... Not a great player. He's a good player. He's a hell of a wingman. But I don't think, and you've seen Chris Middleton, even in the scrimmages so far, struggling. Well, he's talked struggled, about yeah. how he didn't play all during this lockdown. Did not play, did not pick up a basketball. Yeah. I, I don't think the Bucks have enough. And Eric Bledsoe, we don't know. Is he going to come back? We don't know if Eric Bledsoe is going to play. They need him. They need Eric Bledsoe yeah. for, it, for the scoring on the outside. Because Giannis is not toughness, an outside scorer. Right. I think the Sixers shock the world. I love it. And beat the Bucks in the semifinals. I love it. The Celtics and Raptors are going to be one hell of a series. Yeah. I'm, pay- I'm taking the Celtics in a seven-game series. I think Nick Nurse and that Raptors team is so underrated and so underappreciated because once Kawhi Leonard left, everyone wrote them off. And that team... Bro, Pascal Van Siakam's Nolan, a fucking Those guys have done monster. nothing but... Yeah, they've done nothing but ball out. Pascal Siakam, back, healthy, strong. This team, an under again, underrated team, and I think they have an opportunity to get to the Eastern Conference Finals. I just think the Celtics are the better team. Mm. I think that as great as Nick Nurse is as a head coach, Brad, Brad Stevens. Stevens is that much better. And I talked about this about a month ago when I told you when NBA returns, I think coaching is going to matter more than it ever has in the in the NBA playoffs, at least yeah. in a long time. Yeah. Brad Stevens, to me, is a is an elite head coach, and I think he's going to be the difference maker. Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown are going to ball out in that series and be the factors in that one. Kimba, don't forget about Kemba, man. Oh, and yeah, not even mention Kemba or uh, Gordon, uh, Hayward. Gordon Hayward. I mean, that's that, team is, that, that team is that deep. That team is deep. Marcus man. Smart, one of the best perimeter defenders in the yes, league. Yes, sir. I mean, and they got big, strong rebounding players in Ennis Cantor and these other guys. Tony, man. My semifinals, I'm sorry, my conference finals, I have the Celtics beating the Sixers. Yes. I think the Celtics are going to get to the. I, I, I picked. I, yes. Beginning of the year, I thought the Sixers were going to get to the finals. I changed my pick. I feel very confident about that. I think the Celtics are the most complete team in the Eastern Conference. Mm. They have the best coach in the Eastern Conference. They have young, aspiring talent. They are deep from top to bottom. I think they represent the Eastern Conference. Yeah, I Conference. think this is where Jason Tatum becomes that guy. Becomes I think that this guy. Is where he becomes a superstar this it's season. It's time. Yeah. It's definitely time. All right, Eddie. Western Conference, one through eight. How's it oh, looking, my dude? Snaps. Snaps. <laughs> Can't oh, wait to hear this. Snaps. Oh, yeah. All right. At number one, I have Lakers. At number two, I have the <laughs> He moved right on. He got number one. Lakers. All right, number two. <laughs> yeah. Who cares about the Lakers? Number two, I got the Denver Nuggets. Uh, number three, I have Clippers. At number four, I have the Thunder. Number five, I have the Jazz. Number six, I have the Rockets. Uh, number seven, I have the Mavericks. Number eight, I have the Trailblazers. Nice. Making the playoffs. All right, so my quarterfinals, I have Lakers, Trailblazers. Obviously, I think the, the Lakers are just going to fucking sweep them. They're going to dominate that series. Then I have the Thunder Jazz. It's going to be another disappointing season for the Thunder. They're, they're going to get swept by the Jazz. Ooh. Hmm. Uh, then I have Clipper Rockets. Uh, obviously, I have good faith in the Clippers. So I got the Clippers uh, defeating the Rockets. Then I have the Nuggets, uh, Mavericks. Uh, and then I have the Nuggets winning that series. In my semifinals, I have Lakers, uh, Jazz in that in that uh, the first semifinal. Um, it's going to be a tough series for the Lakers. I think they're going to go seven games, uh, but I think they're going to make it out. They're going to beat the Jazz. They're going to go seven with the Jazz? Yes. Hmm. Uh, and then I got, in the second game, I got Clippers-Nuggets. Uh, obviously, I think the Clippers, to me, are the better team. Yeah. Uh, but... They will struggle. I think it's also going to be a seven-game series. 
but they'll make it out of the out of the semifinals. And then I have Lakers Clippers in the conference finals. Uh, also seven game series. I think they're the, the Lakers have the better edge. They just have the better team at this moment, uh, as it stands. Uh, so so you, have Lakers, the, you have the Lakers representing yes. the West. Okay. And how many games? Seven. Oh, okay. All right, Trevor, how's your uh, Western bracket looking? All right, so my eight seeds, I'm starting with the Lakers at the top. I actually have the Clippers moving up to the second spot. Um, I think they're going to I think they're gonna, uh, work their way up to the second seed. Um, and then I have them followed up with the Denver Nuggets, who I believe in. I think the Nuggets are a scary team. I think Jokic is a nightmare matchup for anybody in the West right now because there's not really that many dominant bigs in the West um, that can really hang with him. Uh, Quite frankly, he's the best big in the West, if we're all being honest. It might be the best, most creative big outside of New York. Anthony Davis might have something to say about that. Well, he's not a true big. He's not a, he's not a true big. He's more, of a, he's more of an oversized wing, if we're being honest. That's kind of how AD plays. But, I mean, yeah, we, that's the big is kind of one of the most, like... <laughs> like, what is a big, it's if we're such being honest? Because yeah, averages, like, six assists a game. It's evolved so much. So he's not even, like, a true big, either. Yeah, he's like but a Jokic is, you know... Divock on steroids. Yeah, no, no that's, a great, that's a great analogy. Um, number three, I so I have the Nuggets in third spot. Followed up with Houston at the four spot, uh, Jazz at five, uh, the sixth spot I have this uh, OKC Thunder, um, and then the Mavericks behind them in the seventh spot, and then I have I do have the Blazers grabbing that eight seed because I, I think they're the best of the of the you know the bottom feeding teams to make that spot at the bottom. I think the, the Blazers have the best shot. Um, seeing that Melo Mello looks like he's in great shape, Dame's going to be Dame. Um, they have a good roster and they're a well coached team as well. Um, so the quarterfinals, I have the Lakers over the Blazers in five. I know we've had the likes of uh, uh, Charles Barkley saying that if the Blazers make the playoffs, they will beat the Lakers. In, in Chuck's defense, they did say give a bold prediction. So okay. like, he was kind of like, all right, I'll throw this out here. I don't think he really yeah, believes if it happens, that happen. If it happens, he looks like a genius. Yeah, I don't think he – if you ask Chuck after a few beers, like, did you really mean – no. I Bro, even if LeBron got hurt, I still give the Lakers a chance. Um, <laughs> just because that's how good AD is. Um, but, yeah, so I have the Lakers over the Blazers in five. Um, and I have Clippers, Mavs. I have the Clippers beating the Mavs in six. I think that'll be a fairly good competitive. Because uh, um, I think the Mavs are better than people are getting them credit for. The Mavs have been oh, yeah. a really good team. Uh, Luca is an MVP candidate. You know, with Porzingis and those guys. I yeah, mean, I think Luca's averaging what twenty nine, eight, and seven or something ridiculous so like that. So he's having an incredible and, and, year. And we can't forget Rick Carlisle is that head coach. I mean, right. he's still a great head coach. Right. The only thing is that that sucks for them as them being a young team. There's no home court advantage. Yeah. That that hurts young teams it does. because you fan, don't. Yeah. yeah you don't have yeah. that 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 aura of yeah. your ch- fans cheering for you. You know, older guys that are they don't. A lot of guys are able to block that out. The older you are, and the more you know, experience you have. Anyways, I think that's going to hurt them. So I have them losing to the Clippers in six. Um, and then I have the Nuggets over the Thunder, and I think that's going to be a good series. Also, I think um, uh, the Nuggets win that series in seven games because the Thunder have been extremely impressive Dude, this CP3's year. CP3's been an MVP. Absolutely, this, year. this is, might be his <laughs> best year of his career. Right. It's, it's, but yeah, but you're talking CP3 into the play playoff. CP3 has been garbage. It's a lot of it's a lot of the circumstances he's been in. Really, I wouldn't say he's been garbage. Really, I mean, if it wasn't he, they for him, failed, the they failed. He, he failed hurt. in L.A. If we hadn't got hurt three years ago, they right. beat the they if beat he didn't the pull his hamstring. Series. Yeah, he doesn't pull it because they were up and three to two in that a, series. It's a really young team, man. I get what you're saying. I'm, I'm just saying that I think you got to give Chris Paul some respect in the playoffs because he's balled out a lot of times. It's just he's been at the inferior team. Well, and we know matchups make. You know, matchups are everything, right? Yeah. So I think that's a good matchup. I think those two teams match up well. I just think Jokic is going to be too much for the the lack of bigs. And you know, uh, uh, Stephen Adams. I don't think Stephen Adams is going to be able to contain Jokic. Um, but I do like that series. I think it goes seven. Uh, and then I have finally I have the Rockets over the Jazz in six. 
Um, I think the Rockets are just going to be too quick. They play that small ball. I know the Jazz have um, uh, um, Rudy Gobert, but I just don't think Rudy Gobert is going to be able to run the floor. I think they're going to mop him up running the floor, and he's not going to be able to keep up, so they're going to have to take Rudy Gobert out. I think Rudy Gobert has a big potential of getting in foul trouble with the the ability of the uh, of Russ and, and Harden drawing fouls on bigs left and right. You know, so those the way those guys attack the basket, I think Rudy Gobert is going to be it's going to be a nightmare for him keeping up with their pace and trying to stay out of foul trouble, which Rudy Gobert gets in foul trouble a lot. Um, so I have them winning in six light work there. Um, I guess not light work, six games, but I have them winning in six semifinals. I have the Lakers versus the Rockets. I have the Lakers in six, um, and then after that, I have the Clippers and the Nuggets. I got the Clippers beating the Nuggets in five. Western Conference Finals, none other than the Lakers Clippers. I got the Lakers getting the edge in six games. So you guys both have the Lakers out of the West. Okay, perfect. Lakers, Celtics, baby. So my one through eight in the Western Conference goes as follows. The one seed, I I think there's any question the Lakers are going to get it. Uh, The Nuggets are my number two. After that, shit gets crazy, boys. Let me just put it like that. I have the Rockets going up and getting that three seed. Okay. The reason why is because I think the Rockets are going to win all eight games. I don't think they lose a single regular season game. I think they get hot. James Harden is rested. Russell Westbrook is rested. That has always been their knock. As they give it their all in the regular season, and they are burnt out by playoff time. They've had four months off. These guys are going to come in refreshed. Dan Tony knows this might be his last opportunity at almost 70 years old. Uh, their GM, uh, Daryl Morey, might be out if they don't win. Everything is riding on this for the Rockets. I think they're going to give it their all, and they're going to win all eight games and move up all the way to the three seed. My number four seed is the Clippers. The reason why, it's not... You put this Clippers team all together, they're the best team in basketball. Yeah. Problem is, they've only played, I think, 15 games in total together, and five of their eight rotational players are currently outside of the bubble, which means when they get back, they're going to have to uh, quarantine, what, four days, I think it is? After they come back. We don't even know when that's going to be. We don't even know where Pat Beverly's going to be back. the season starts this next week. Yeah. So even if they were to come back tomorrow, some of those guys might not even be there to start the eight games. And they need to get rhythm because they have not played together all year. Well, and Lou Williams had a death in the family. He you did, know, who, yeah. who knows what his mental is going to be nobody like. Nobody knows where Zubach is. Right. Uh, uh, Bev. We don't know when he's coming back. Pat Bev. Yeah. Pat Bev's gone. We don't know when he's coming back. Like, There's a lot of questions around them. Not to mention... Is Kawhi Leonard going to uh, load manage through the eight games? I mean, I'm not trying to even joke. Yeah. I'm being serious. Like, who's to say he doesn't? And he's the fact that Paul George in crunch time has always come up short. I don't know if he's going to be able to handle the pressure because they're going to be relying on him heavily in these eight I games. I think Paul George balls out these eight games. Fair enough. But yeah. I think that they're going to drop down to the four seed. Yeah. My five seed, I'm with Trevor. I'm riding with that young team. I think the Mavericks are going to climb up the ladder and go from, I think they're currently the seventh spot. They're yeah. going to climb up and get that fifth seed. My sixth spot is the Thunder, the most underappreciated team in the West, in my opinion. They're going to get that 60, the sixth seed seed. I think they're right at the sixth seed right now, or maybe the fifth seed, I forget. Jazz are going to fall. The Jazz are going to absolutely fall to seven. And if you look at from four to seven, there's only two and a half game differences mm. from four to seven. With the Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell situation that's still, I think, a little tense, and the fact that they have a lack of real, like, solid athletes in comparison to the other teams around them in the West, yeah. I think they're going to fall. I, 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 I believe in their coaching. I think uh, Quinn is a damn good coach. Ingles is a good player too. Ingles is a good player. I, I just, I, I look at the rest of the West. Yeah. And I'm motivated. They're all going to be no with the power. tension between the Jazz. I, I, with the their two star players, yeah. I think they're going to fall and give up a few games in this eight game thing. And then I. 
I'm with you guys. I think the Blazers get that eight spot. They should. I think they fight their way in. I think they have the most talented duo right now amongst guards. It's going to be one of the most talented eight seeds I've yeah, seen in a while. Yeah, McCollum and Dame, Dame time, bro, at, yeah. at, coming in healthy, ready to go with Nurkic. Mellow, yeah. A healthy Nurkic and an in-shape Carmelo Anthony for the first time in his motivated, entire career. Motivated. Yeah, like, I mean, and, and not to mention Terry Stotts it. is their head coach. Yeah. I think they got a good thing going on. And here's the thing. Nobody even noticed it. None of us have Zion in the playoffs. Yeah. I wasn't expecting it to be. But here's the thing. They set this thing up so Zion can make the playoffs. For sure. And I don't think he, none of us picked him to make the playoffs. That's interesting. Yeah, he's already dealing with little, like, nagging injuries already. He's like, not even he, in the bubble right now. That might be this. So here it is. My uh, quarterfinals, Lakers, They. I don't think they make quicker the, Ra- the Blazers. I think the Blazers actually make that a six-game series. I think okay. the Lakers are still working their way into their rhythm. Yeah. And I the Blazers have incredible guard play. And right now the, the Lakers, their biggest issue right now is guard play. Yeah. Uh, so I think they go six. Uh, I have the Nuggets over the Jazz. I think that's going to be a fairly quick search. Because, again, I don't believe in the Jazz right now. They're going to have to really prove me wrong. The Rockets are going to beat the Thunder, and I think that's actually going to be a good series. I have that actually going six because I think CP3 is going to play well. It's a good matchup. I have the Clippers over the Mavericks, but that is going to be a tough series. I don't think it's it's a long seven-game series. I think it goes five. But in every single game, the Mavericks are going to play well. I think they're going to be in the game. But I I think the Clippers just are the better overall team, and I think they get it done in five. My semifinals. Just like the Bucks, the team that was touted to win it all, the Clippers, they're going to fall short. The Lakers are going to beat them in the semifinals, and I think the Lakers win in six games. I, I know that everybody wants that to be the Western Conference Finals, mm-hmm. but because of the fact, again, that the, the Clippers have even more unknowns than the Lakers do, and the, the Clippers have, have hitched their wagon to an injury-prone, or at least a, work, uh, uh, a workload-deficient superstar in Kawhi Leonard, I don't have faith in the Clippers this year. Maybe next year we can talk about this. But right now, I told you guys, from the moment Kawhi signed with the Clippers, that was going to be the mistake of his career because he's going against LeBron James and Anthony Davis. That hit, that is going to come to fruition in the semifinals a little bit earlier than most expected. But I got the Lakers beating the Clippers in six games of the semifinals. That matchup would have been a lot more sexy if it was in L.A. Or yeah, if, if, things it, was, were if, normal. It, was the, if it was the Western Conference yeah, Finals. Were, if things were normal. Maybe right. we'll get it next year. We don't know. Oh, then I got the Rockets over the Nuggets. I actually think this is going to be a good series because these teams are so different in how they win and how they play. Yeah. I think the Rockets, though, because of the fact they're going to be hot, they're going to be reeling off, in my opinion, eight straight victories. I think that you're going to have the talent difference, overall talent as a team, with Russell Westbrook and James Harden reeling. I think they're going to win. They're going to play small ball, and it's going to be tough for the Nuggets to, to overcome that with Jokic because who is Jokic going to guard? That's the thing. P.J. Tucker is probably going to play gonna the Who's going to guard Jokic? That's the thing. Jokic can get his, but if you have three guys at a time on the Rockets scoring at high levels, it's not going to matter if Jokic is getting his. The, so Jokic, I expect to play well, but on the defensive side, who the hell is he going to guard? Uh, Denver's, That's the Denver's thing. backcourt's... Fairly good to defense. They're not Russell Westbrook and James Harden. Oh, and I'm just saying their defense, <laughs> yeah. their defensive backcourt is actually pretty nice, man. Yeah. But, yeah. So that that's my, those are my semifinals. And in the conference finals, I have the Lakers over the Rockets. The Rockets have played very well all the way to this point. Dan Tony has willed his team as far as he could. James Harden, once again, is going to come up short. I think the, I think the, the Lakers will beat the Rockets in six games yep. because I think the Rockets do get a couple games where they're just on fire. You can't stop them three, and they're just going to have to deal with it. And I have the Lakers representing the Western Conference. Eddie, finals matchup, who wins and in how many games? All right, man. In my finals matchup, I have the Bucks against the Lakers. And uh, I'm going to give it to the MVP, uh, who's going to be Giannis. I think this is his year. This is his time to shine. He needs to prove he's you know he's he's worth that MVP, that back-to-back MVP. 
So the Bucks are going to take it in six. Bucks and six. All right, Trevor, who, your finals matchup. Who wins and how many games? So obviously I have the Lakers and Celtics as you do. Um, by the way, I, I will fanboy the fuck out if it's Lakers, Celtics in the finals, dude. Uh, if this is like something to to come, if this is becomes like a, another a new re- revolution, you know, revised version of the rivalry. I want this so bad. I want the Celtics Lakers rivalry to be renewed so bad, even though it'd be a little short lived because LeBron's on his way out. But this young Celtics roster going up against this aged, not necessarily aged, but this veteran riddled uh, Lakers roster. Uh, it's just as a fan, man, this is what I want to see so bad. I really hope it happens. Um, but I have the Lakers edging out the Celtics. I have the Lakers winning in six. Very nice. So obviously Trevor and I have the same matchup. We're going to have a little bit of a different ending, though. Not by much, because uh, LeBron's going to get in that ass. Yeah. Um, I am. Here's the thing about people forget. Like obviously the Lakers and Celtics have yeah. this insane history. <laughs> oh, I don't know you where know you're who going. else has an insane <laughs> history with the Celtics? Yes, sir. LeBron James. Yes, sir. And as Daddy. I recall, Daddy. As I recall, Daddy. LeBron hasn't lost a series to the Celtics since 2009. <laughs> That's correct. And he has faced them six times in yeah. the playoffs since 2009. Has been six and zero, and has put up astronomic numbers, and has played better Celtics teams than even the current one. I think this Celtics team is good enough to get the final, so I'm not trying to disrespect them. Yeah. My point, though, is he sunned this team just a little over two Ask years Jason ago. Jason Tatum, yeah. Sunned them. Yeah. Now, this team's better than they were two years ago. I will give them that. Yep. LeBron James in the finals, I'm never going to doubt against him because here for the first time in a decade, LeBron is going into the, will be going into the finals based on my prediction against a team that's not a dynasty. It's the first time in a decade he's done that. Think about that for and a second. And to me, the X factor in that series isn't even LeBron. Because LeBron's going to do what he does. AD is the X factor in that series. He had his own dynasty. Yeah. When? With Miami. I mean, if he got to four trips, I wouldn't consider them a dynasty because they won two of four. For me, and I'm just saying my definition of a dynasty, you have to win three of four, at least get to five, four or five in a row. I, I know they went to four, but it they was won an two attempt at a dynasty, but D Wade's legs fell off. Right, that's what I'm saying. Like if they had to beat the Spurs and then three peated, I would consider that definitely a dynasty. Yeah. And, and that's just that's that's just the definition of what you consider a dynasty, because no one ever really knows what a true dynasty is. Um, but they did get to four straight. I'll give them that. My point, though, is they didn't win every single time, or they didn't win the majority of the time. They split. So it's hard for me to call them a dynasty. AD is going to AD is going to be the X factor for that series too. Absolutely, I, I truly, they, they don't have anybody who's going to defend and AD to, to bounce back as well. Right. Crusoe's dealing with that that back contusion, whatever it is. But, but I mean, I, like I said, like you can say this, like with the Bucks and the Celtics. The reason I had the the Celtics winning because they can let Giannis get his and still beat the Bucks team because yeah. there's not a, a, a threat every single night for a number two from the Bucks and the Celtics are just deeper and better in my mind as a roster. But the difference with uh, AD, you can't just let AD get his because LeBron will get his. Mm-hmm. And if you're letting LeBron get his, AD's going to go off. So that, to me, is what made the difference with the Lakers and the Bucks. Yep. So that's why the matchups is everything. I think the Lakers got them in six. So Eddie's sure. got Bucks over Lakers. And Trevor and I both have Lakers over Celtics. You have them in six? Lakers, or you have Lakers in five. I have Lakers in five. You have five, Lakers in six. six. Eddie, you have Bucks in seven? Is that correct? Okay. Six. On six. Oh, wow. Okay. All right, so that is our NBA prediction. So Eddie's now. wrong. Yeah. <laughs> if you want to give Eddie an L in the stream, the go ahead and, and, and add a comment to that. But Giannis got to make the finals first. If you guys have your own comment, if you guys have your own prediction of what you guys think is going to happen, and again, if you're not on the live stream, listen to the podcast or watching on YouTube, hit us up on the Facebook group or hit us up on Twitter at The Spoken Pod. Let us know who you guys have in the finals and who do you think is going to win and how many games. Let us know. In the meantime, while we wait for your response, it's time to go to... The Monday mailbag. As soon as our lady, uh, yeah, hits the button right there. Yeah, Monday mailbag. Thank you. <laughs>
time. Mail time. Mail time. Mail time. The mail's here. It is time to open up the Monday mailbag each and every week, every single Monday. What I like to do is give you guys a platform, an opportunity to basically contribute to this show and give us an entire segment of your thoughts, your opinions, your discussions, your debates, your topics, whatever you guys have that you want us to discuss on our show. We're definitely going to do that, and we love doing this. We have a, a great opportunity here with our regulars, but I, from what I hear, we got a few new guys in our uh, little Monday mailbag here. So, Eddie, wasting no more of your time. What do we got in the Monday mailbag? All right, man. First question comes from Ben Hall. Uh, a little late, but do you, do you think Eric Bieniemy knows that Andy Reid is going to retire soon and is tanking his head coaching interviews with other teams on purpose so he can be the next head coach for the Chiefs or the, or our team's just not picking him for some other reason? Mm. I feel like Ben has definitely watched X Files. Like, he's like, <laughs> I want to believe. I mean, and that's awesome. Like, that's a really good theory. That's a solid theory. I feel like Ben definitely thought about that one before he posted that because that's a. I, I didn't really. What do you that, know, Ben? Yeah, and I was like, yeah, exactly. How deep does the rabbit hole go, Ben? <laughs> like, I, I really like that's awesome. I, I, I don't, to answer your question as frankly as, as I can. No, I, I don't think in any way, shape, or form is Eric Bieniemy like sandbagging. You know, interviews with with teams, potential teams to you know become a head coach. Because as, as anybody knows, when when you have an opportunity to be a head coach in the league, you don't turn it down unless it's just the shittiest or situation, and and you have other options. But and as far as Eric Bieniemy is, is concerned, I, I think that he's just been robbed, quite frankly, of opportunities that because of the color of his skin. If we're going to be real here, um, Andy Reid has no. Uh, inclination and has no plans of retiring anytime soon. So Eric Bieniemy, if he wants to be a head coach, he's going to have to go elsewhere because he's not. Andy Reid's not going to relinquish that that spot anytime soon. So uh, I don't think Bieniemy has that information because I don't think that information exists. But here we are, and we live it in 2020. So who the hell knows, Ben? If we're being honest here. Uh, yeah, even if he knew Andy Andy Reid was going to retire in the middle of this season, he's not guaranteed to be the head coach. There's other guys that are that would be competing for that in-house and outside of the house, right? There's other candidates that could very well beat him out. He's not guaranteed that, even though I would love to see him as a head coach in Kansas City uh, following up Andy Reid. And I think he's the best fit, in my mind, off the top of my head. I mean, I'm not saying there's other guys I wouldn't rather have, but he is the best fit right now, I think, to follow up Andy Reid. But do I think he's turning down multi-million dollar deals to be a head coach somewhere? No. I don't think anyone is turning down multi-million dollar life-changing money to be a head coach in the NFL, something very few people get the opportunity to do. Um, I think he was getting screwed. Um, I think he's a very well, uh, well-spoken guy and is, is deserving of a head coach job. I just think he's getting screwed over. Um, I do not think he's sabotaging himself from getting jobs. No. Interesting. All right. Thanks for that question. Appreciate it. All right. Next question comes from uh, Shaggy Shane. Our guy. With players being worried about COVID-19, why didn't the NFL come up with a plan to keep training camps at their current locations, uh, Chief St. Joe, for example, and have the players stay quarantined at camp and not go back home? That way, the players would not that way that players would not be worried about taking the virus home, and if players tested positive, they could be sent somewhere else, not home, to to quarantine. Then when camp ends, the players could take the test again and see if they are okay to go home. To answer your question, uh, Shaggy, I, here's the thing, man. The, the NFL has not done the right thing in any of this. I, I feel like they have not handled it well to the point that even like their superstars and Patrick Mahomes, Russell Wilson, and Drew Brees 
uh, have come out and stated that, you know, we want to play and, and we don't like the fact that as we're about to report to training camp, we're sitting here not knowing what your procedures are, if you even have them in place. Um, your scenario, Shaggy, actually makes a lot of sense because I feel like there is a lot of um, space in between the Chiefs and, and like you talked about with their with their fan, their families. Because even when they're in training camp, they don't see their families anyway in a normal year. So it's not shocking to me if they would have said, you know what, let's go about it the right way, which I agree would probably be the better way of going about it on the, on the training camp side of things and going up to St. Joe still and doing those things. I would have to imagine it has something to do with the facilities themselves not feeling comfortable with having the Chiefs up there because of the fact that it is a school. Now, I know they're not having school right now tangibly, but I would imagine there's some risk involved that maybe the school doesn't want to take on at this time if they don't have to. So the Chiefs took initiative and said, okay, let's do things our way right now. And it, granted, it's an unprecedented time, so it's not like they had a drawn-out plan in place. They were going, they were learning as they go. So I don't blame the Chiefs for doing what they're doing now, especially, again, with the NFL not really taking the measures they needed to take early and often. They had four and a half months to plan this, and they didn't. So I, I think there's a combination of reasons. I think it's the fact that the NFL didn't do things the right way, so they're going to have to own that. And the NFL leads the Chiefs amongst the other 31 teams. They have to go by what the NFL states and what they believe and what they think is right. And I also I have to imagine, I think it's Western Missouri State, if I'm not mistaken, up there. Yeah. That, that, that's the name of that school. Um, may, I, again, maybe there were some risk factors involved that just didn't feel comfortable. And quite frankly, they're not going to make any money with no fans going up there and buying merchandise and buying little tickets and things of that nature. So I, I just don't think from a business side, the school wanted to take on the risk. Yeah. I mean, risk is the key word here. Um, and we don't know, you know, something can happen, an outbreak could happen, you know, any camp uh, and, and things could change, you know, drastically. They could shut a camp down. They can, we don't know. I think the NFL, like us, like most, organizations are kind of taking everything in stride. You know, even the NBA, there's already been a few guys that had to leave the bubble because they tested positive or couldn't even come to the bubble yet because they were still tested positive. They had a clear protocol. Um, it's Right now, it's easy for us or anybody to dissect and, 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 and criticize, you know, the approach of these, of these leagues and the NFL especially because the NFL is kind of known for screwing up things sometimes and not having the best PR <laughs> for things like this. Um, but I think they're just doing what they think, you know, is the best case. And it's kind of just to kind of roll with the punches kind of deal. I think, man, I, there's not, I don't think there's too many options, honestly. I mean, that what Shaggy laid out is an option, but I think they just went in the other direction and just kind of, you know, testing the waters. Um, I'm not an expert. No one was ready for this. You know, no organization was ready for this. This is still something new to us. They're going to do whatever they can to keep the players tested numerous times. Um, and I'm just kind of, like I said, roll with the punches and see how everything goes, man. Cool, cool. All right, next question uh, comes from Donnie Couch, and he went on a question streak. Oh, boy. All right, you guys ready for, Let's do uh, this. for the question? Get a drink real quick. Yeah, stretch. <laughs> All right, first question. Hey, guys, I'm a new favorite member of the Spoken Lambs. My first question <laughs> is, how happy are you that the Chiefs front office is the opposite of the Packers front office and getting weapons from Mahomes <laughs> instead of trying to fix the defense. Also, what if the two front offices switch places? How would that affect the NFL landscape? First of all, I'm very excited the fact that we don't run shit like the Packers do because they've ra they wasted essentially not one but two Hall of Fame careers in Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers. I know they won Super Bowls, but they could have won a lot more if they had built teams properly with 
uh, Aaron Rodgers and, and Brett Favre. They didn't do that. They didn't capitalize. And, and they, they struck gold twice back-to-back. Yeah, no franchises Bowls, do that. Two Super in what, 24-year span? Yeah, no franchise, no franchise in the history of the NFL went from a top-10 quarterback all time to a top-10 quarterback of all time. Yeah. That's never happened. And they only got two Super Bowls out of that. Patrick Mahomes has played two years. Chiefs already got a Super Bowl out of that. Could, so you, imagine, halfway, could you imagine the Patriots landed those quarterbacks? That's what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> could you imagine? Oh, the majority of franchises. Like, yeah. The majority of franchises would have done the, the right Steelers. thing. Steelers, yeah, yeah. So to answer your question, Donnie, the first question which is a great question i'm very excited about that and he asked a question about if you could swap uh he said uh, also what if the two front offices have switched places how would that affect the nfl landscape if if the packers and chiefs did yeah they swap front of like v- oh v- it v- would v- significantly v- change things but the problem is is that we already have mahomes here in kansas city so you can't change that part of it so i, I would it would change things because the packers would get better they would get better because Brett Veach and, and, and that whole situation would be better up in Green Bay because they'd actually spend money in free agency. So that's the, that's the first step. So it would, it, would, it would help the Packers big time, but the Chiefs would still be set in their way. It's set for the next 12, 13 years because they have Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, honestly, I don't have much more to add to that. I agree with everything you just said. Right. <laughs> Good questions, Donnie. I'm right I'm on, sure yeah, I'm right on par with that. Second question. Uh, say the Chiefs restructured Chris Jones and he takes a team-friendly deal and say he's still on the team in 2025. And the Chiefs saw happen to land Aaron Donald because he hasn't won a ring. Uh, yet, how good would that front be even if they are both older players? Well, this is about as big of a pipe dream as I've ever heard, and I like it. I'm here for it. Um, look, man, at that point, like I think Aaron Donald's going to be 30 after this season. Thirty-five. Yeah, I, I don't see it happening. Just just to be honest with you, man, it'd be cool to see like just from a names recognition standpoint. I, I can't imagine Aaron Donald's even going to be at the league at that point. And if he is, yeah. he's nowhere near what he is right now. Um, so I I, I I don't I don't really know how to really expand on that. Yeah, it's a cool thought if you're trying to like you know you're playing Madden and you're playing career and you're <laughs> yeah, that yeah. far into the career on Madden you want to put together you know some. You know, some some just big names to throw on a team together that could possibly, you know, try to get another ring or something together. It's seeing those two names on the same team would be great. Seeing, you know, him in the mix with that would be uh pretty cool. But yeah, that's just like Lance said, it's a, it's kind of a pipe dream. So All right. Uh third question. Which Hall of Fame uh receivers in their prime out of these three would you pick to play with Mahomes? Jay Rice, Chris Carter, or Larry Fitzgerald? Jerry Rice. <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to take him very confidently because of the fact that he was also a deep threat, had incredible hands, uh was very good at open space. Chris Carter probably had the better hands of those. Well, I don't know, Larry Fitzgerald probably did. Um as crazy as it sounds, Jerry Jerry Rice might be the least sure-handed of those three. That's definitely, you know, the you're in great company with that one, but Jerry Rice was the better receiver of all three. Yeah. So, I'm going to take the best receiver of the three to put against with Patrick Mahomes. He would do great with either three. But I'm gonna take the best of them. Yeah, if I'm picking, if I'm gonna rank him, I'm gonna go Jerry Rice would be my first option, obviously, because he's by far the best of those three. Then it's Chris Carter, then it's Larry Fitz. I think Larry Fitz is the most consistent of all three of them as far as just you know receptions, drops, drop rate, hands. He's probably got the best hands of all. Well, no, Chris Carter. That's that's a tough thing. I mean, I think I think Larry Fitzgerald dropped like ten passes his entire career. That's what I'm saying. He might have the greatest hands of all time. But another, yeah. But either way, you can't really go wrong with either three of those guys. the the guy that has the most versatility would be Jerry Rice. Obviously, he's the probably the best in the red zone as well. The guy was a, a touchdown freak. He was constantly scoring touchdowns. Um, 
probably the most athletically gift, athletically gifted one as well. And it, I can only imagine seeing prime Jerry Rice along prime Ty, Tyreek Hill. You saw what he did with Joe Montana. Like, no offense to Joe Montana and Steve Young, but they didn't have the talent that but Patrick Could you imagine has. on one side of the field you got Tyreek Hill, and on the other side, on the outside, you got Jerry Rice? Just, just hand him a Lombardi in preseason. <laughs> and, like, then, and, then Kelsey, and then Kelsey and Watkins in the middle. Like, just walk, walk down the Lombardi dude. in preseason, but like, yeah. just take it. Let's not even have a season here. Yeah, these these are fun. Uh, these are fun uh, hypotheticals. Yeah. 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 Uh, talk about hypotheticals. Uh, yeah. So, if the Ravens were to put be put in a situation in which they had to pick one of these players to pay, which one would you love to come on the Chiefs with a discount? Obviously, okay. Mm. Orlando Brown or Marlon Humphrey, both free agents in twenty twenty two. I know who I'm picking. I'm going to probably go with Marlon Brown. I'm going to go with Marlon Brown. Uh, just to answer it, subs. Marlon Humphrey. I'm Marlon Humphrey. I said Marlon Brown. Yeah, Orlando Brown. Orlando Marlon Brown Humphrey. is who I would pick as well. <laughs> Been a long week, guys. Uh, yeah, I'm going to say I'm going to say Marlon Humphrey. I'll go with Marlon Humphrey. Okay. I'm going with Orlando Brown. I think he's just the, he's the nastier player. I would like to have that 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 kind of personality in this locker room. I would just to add into there. I would just I would prefer that guy. Uh, this is a good question. Uh, his fifth question. Uh, what are the chances we can see Phillip Rivers and the Colts in the AFC Championship game? I know we all like to laugh at Rivers, but they have some solid weapons and one hell of a backfield mm. with that boy Jonathan Taylor. Would it be? Would it be? How cool would it be? Is that what the question is? Uh, what are the chances? Oh, what are the chances? Uh, actually, oh. pretty good. Um, not because I think the Colts are some great team, but as we've talked, even I think it was last week we talked about how the AFC outside of Kansas City is wide open. Mm. Uh, the Chiefs, to me, are the only true contender in the AFC, including the Ravens. I'm 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 saying that with the Ravens in mind. Um, but outside of the Chiefs, man, yeah, it's free game to me. I, I mean, I know we all want to assume and pencil in the Ravens for the AFC Championship, but they couldn't even get into it last year yeah. when Tannehill threw for seventy yards in that game. So, right, right. yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say, uh, I'm say the chances are decent. Yeah, I think the chances are fair because if the Titans can get there and beat the Ravens, I, there's no reason why I would, I would discount Philip Rivers with maybe the best offensive line in the NFL. Right. I mean, he, he's going from maybe having the worst offensive line getting sacked left and right every third play. He's on a, every third play, Philip Rivers was on his, on his ass last year, uh, which is why his numbers look so trash. He looked semi-washed, and I believe he is semi-washed. But with the good coaching uh, 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 in, in Indianapolis and, and Philip Rivers having probably, like I said, the best O-line and giving him time to make plays with, T, with the likes of T.Y. Hilton and that good backfield uh, and that solid defense. That's a solid roster all the way around out there in Indy. Uh, and he's playing in a dome, you know, so I, I can definitely see that that's definitely a possibility. If, like I said, if the Titans of last year could do that on the back of, you know, Henry, I think I think Philip Rivers could have a solid year this year. All right, next question. Uh... A Chiefs Twitter account by the name of Airhead Live compared Willie Gay's athletic profile to that of Bobby Wagner and mm. found the two are nearly Oof. identical. My question my question is, why are people not slamming us for picking up Willie Gay's when they shredded Seattle for picking Bobby Wagner? Uh, different situations. Uh, the Chiefs are uh, coming off of a, uh, unless I'm mistaken, I, I think Bobby Wagner was drafted in 20... 20- after the Super Bowl. After the, was yeah. it after the Super Bowl? It but it was after the Super Bowl loss, wasn't it? Because they won in 2013 and lost in 2014. I think Wagner I think got drafted. Was, yeah, I think it was the, so 15, the 15 draft. If memory serves. After the throw. Yeah, let's look that up right now. Ian Gatz got it right now. So Bobby Wagner's been in the league, I think I want to say six years. Yeah, he was with. Uh, I hope he's fucking Bobby Wagner. That'd be... Yeah, draft uh, 2012, round two, fifth quarter. Oh, he was 2012. 2012. Oh, so it is a, it's so a different was, situation. Yeah. yeah, because before in 2012, the Seahawks hadn't even been to a Super Bowl yet. 
because Russell Wilson got drafted that same year. Oh, I didn't realize so, he'd been there. So the criticism is different because Willie Gay Jr., whether he's going to end up being Bobby Wagner or not, Chiefs just won the Super Bowl. Right. So you're not you're not going to be as critical on their on their picks as as much. And second of all, from what I remember. Uh, Bobby Wagner didn't have the scout reports like Willie Gay does. Willie Gay has had nothing but high praise. I think there was a lot of criticisms about Bobby Wagner, which shocked a lot of people as to why he became so great. I think he fell into the right system, obviously, with, with Pete Carroll. But the point, though, is the, criti- the criticisms aren't equal, or the situations aren't equal. The, the Seahawks still have to prove something. The Chiefs are the best team in the NFL. So it's just a different scenario. Because if Bobby Wagner switched roles, let's say Willie Gay got uh, picked in the 2012 draft and Wagner got tri- picked by the Chiefs this year, no one's criticizing that pick because no one criticized the running back pick for Clyde Edwards-Hilaire when the Chiefs didn't have to go running back, but they did. They're playing with house money here. It's Honestly, different. I don't even remember the, the Seahawks getting criticized for taking Bobby Wagner. Yeah, I'm just going to Wag- the word of what I thought Bobby Donnie's Wagner was saying, a great yeah. pick. Um, and he's obviously turned out to be a great player. Right. So if Willie Gay can become Bobby Wagner, I'm thrilled. Sign me beyond the thrilled. Best I mean, linebacker in football. Abs- that's me? what I'm saying. So I mean, if that's the comparison, how could you criticize that? Because honestly, they turned out to be a great pick for Seattle. Right. Got him a chip, you know. So like Lance said, we, we we're already champions, and he's just adding fuel to the fire, which was all, like. Like I said before the draft even started, the only need I really thought we needed was depth at the linebacker and athletic do-it-all linebacker. And that's why I wanted first. That's why I wanted the first round pick to be. But it turns out we got a great value at the second round. It's a win, win for me, man. So I don't think there's any criticism possible you can you can do in that situation for the Chiefs. All right. Next question. His seventh question is: If Mahomes, <laughs> if Mahomes has the power to bring in Waterbury to Kansas City, what other restaurant or stores would you like? To see follow the king to KC. Mm. Man, we've been getting a lot of good stuff out here. Um, I already know my answer. Then go ahead and get yours, Trevor. What's your Roscoe's what's your... Chicken and Waffles? Okay, I like it. Give me Roscoe's Chicken and Waffles, baby. Okay. We need a good chicken and waffle spot out I here. I've never heard of that place. It's it's it's, it's legit, bro. <laughs> it's legit. I'm telling you, Cali, uh, Cali. It's in it's in Cali. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yep. Hmm. Man, that's a damn good question. Tell me, man. Because I'm trying to. Well, I'm trying. I'm trying. Hell no. I'm trying to think of a place that we don't have out here that I I've had that, you know, we don't out here. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, I, it's hard to it's hard to imagine. But here's the thing. I'll, I'll say this. Whatever I think of later on, when I of course we're done with the show, um, I put good money on it. That if Patrick Mahomes added them on Twitter and said, "Hey, KC, let's get these guys," that next day they're they're putting the foundational bricks. Into a place in downtown for that maybe actual like, company. Maybe like, yeah, I don't know. I'm trying to think of like another chain. Yeah. Roscoe's, Roscoe's is more West Coast, but. How about BJ's? BJ's is a good spot. Yeah, it's like, it's like, it's like he's a, got a cool name. It's like a yard house. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> It's a yard house type. Patty, get place. us some BJ's, man. I'm down for this. Like, why don't, why don't let's get the chain going, BJ's dude. BJ's is a good spot. What do you think? I, I think that's a good a spot. BJ chain? I, 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 I'm on Team BJ. Let's do that. Beach. Let's get the beach. Next question. What would you say? To your past self after the 2000, 2007 Chiefs season ended about Patrick Mahomes without giving too much away. 2007? Yeah. That was a very specific year. Wait. I mean, it was shitty times. I think it was a Tyler Figpin that was the quarterback. What would I say to myself? What, do you, what does he mean? So what would, we, what would we say to ourselves if we were talking to ourselves in 2007? Yeah, after the 2007 It's going to be okay. Don't take your life. Yeah, no, uh, was Donnie drinking toothpaste when he sent that question? Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll tell you what I'll tell myself. 2007. Like, I mean, yeah, he might, he might have said two, he, he might have meant 2007. That's what I'm thinking. Okay, <laughs> okay, that makes me yeah, okay. I, I'm getting with that. 2007, 2007 was a dark year. I was just graduating year. high school, so <laughs> yeah. yeah. What would I tell myself in 2017? 
yeah, things are going to be fucking kick ass in the next year or two. I mean, yeah, that's I mean, unprecedented times. Get ready, bro. Like, you know, like buy a bunch of beer. That's uh, damn. Have, you know, get ready. I was going to say stock up. A, yeah, stock the hell up, dude. It's going to be a blast. That's what I would definitely tell myself. Try that. Coke, you know. I can't stand up right now. I need to put some ice down there. You know, like that's what I would tell myself, you know. It's going to be okay, buddy. Yeah. All right. Right. I'd pat question. myself on the back, you yeah. know. Literally. Yeah. Why is, no, why is nobody in the media talking about the losses that the Clippers have been having in the bubble? Actually, I, I think people have been talking about it. Yeah. Uh, we've been talking about it on this Twitter's show. Twitter's definitely been on it. I want to say we're, we're technically media here. So, um, yes, I, we I heard, are. I, actually, to, to, no, to that argument, um, Colin Cowherd said something today that, that kind of upset Jesus me about this Christ, because yeah. he, he is talking about it. He's making an, he's actually twisting it for the Clippers' favor, yeah. saying that this was Doc Rivers suggesting that his players leave the bubble going back into COVID land. Yeah. Somehow that makes sense. And because yeah, here we go. Yeah. Where's Ron Swanson? I like the pug better. Okay. Here's In the, the thing. Shire of COVID. Here's the thing. He, he Doc Rivers is he's saying that Doc Rivers did this on purpose because the Clippers aren't worried about round one. You do realize that they drop a few games here or there in these eight games, they could drop to the four or five C, which means they could face the Rockets immediately. You really want to tell me that they want to face the Rockets Even immediately? Even if they face the Blazers. Or any of these teams. Yeah. Like, we're just going to sit here and just and pencil in the Clippers past right. round one. No, That's yeah. With, yeah. If they were fully healthy and fully engaged and ready to go, yeah, I would pencil them in too. Five of their eight rotational players are gone. They're missing their main glue guys. Those exactly. Are their glue guys. Yeah. Pat Bev is not there. Joking Pat Noah. Pat Bev's not there. Joking Noah, baby. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. They got him on a 10-day <laughs> contract. Woo! 36-year-old Joking Noah. Yeah. Yeah, let's, yeah, let's, Tarzan you know, let's dab himself. on him. Tarzan himself out there. Yeah, so they are talking about it. Just not. I mean, I, I just feel like everyone's just assuming. If you're on Donnie's side of it, he's saying, "Why aren't they talking about it enough?" Because there should be worry. I agree with you. Yeah. There should be worry. The Clippers have just been assumed as this great team that's just going to win the finals. I don't think they. It's get all past strategic. The it's all strategic. I agree. Yeah. I'm with Donnie on that. I don't understand why. Yeah, that's right. definitely a scare. It should be. It should be a worry. For sure. All right. Tenth question. <laughs> <laughs> Am I asking too many questions? <laughs> <laughs> yes. It's take, too late now, Donnie. Take a Just nap. Go, keep rolling, baby. We're in, baby. Yep. We're 10 deep. All right. Jesus. Diff, different person. Corey Allison. Wait, wait. We have, we have another person? Oh, my God. Holy shit. All right. What are you guys expecting out of uh, Miko Hartman this season? And what would you guys consider to be a good step in his projection, in his projection for his second season? Personally, I'm excited to see how much he's grown from his rookie season. Oh, me too. Uh, I think McCole Hardman was a was a slam dunk pick. Um, he showed it last season. I think he only had 24 receptions last year and six touchdowns. Yeah. So you're literally talking about what a fourth of your touchdowns or his average depth per target was like yeah. 17, 20 yards right. or something like that. Ridiculous. A fourth of his receptions last year were touchdowns. Yeah. If he doubles his receptions, we're talking 12 touchdowns from this guy. So yeah. I, I posted this on Twitter a couple months ago. I asked the question. Would it be crazy for anyone to think that McCole Hardman could lead this team in touchdowns the next year? Because he was leading this team in touchdowns until, I think, like week 11? Yeah. Week 12, he was leading the team in touchdown receptions. For me, the big step in the right direction for me is, is McCole Hardman just adding to his route tree. If he learns a little bit more of the offense, knows how to get in it, you know, and plant himself in a certain spot where Patrick Mahomes knows where he's at, Man, we already know he's a game-breaker. We already know the dude can hit the home run. We already know he's one of the fastest dudes in the league. That stuff's already been settled and already solidified. I want to see him add to his game, break some, break some dude's ankles, get open, make those slant patterns look crispy and extra sexy. That's what I want to see from McCole. The stats, I'm not really concerned about because, again, there's so many mouths to feed that I feel like the numbers are naturally going to dwindle for everybody in certain regards, except maybe Travis Kelsey and maybe Tyreek. 
Outside of that, though, these guys just need to get open space, make plays. McClarman's already shown he's a game-breaker, man. Yeah, he depended a lot on his, on his straight-line speed, and obviously it worked in this offense because you got to worry about Tyree Kill at the same damn time. It's a nightmare. I think he I think he gets more receptions this year, but his touchdowns come down just a little bit. Um, I think he I think he becomes a little more technically sound. Um, I think, he, like Lance said, he expands his route tree a little bit, a little more quick slants, you know, getting to the chains, becoming maybe a bit more of a first-down option type guy too. Um Obviously, like I, with my hot take of Tyreek Hill being, being the best receiver in the league this year, so I have a lot of st- statistics going Tyreek Hill's way this year. Um, so I think I think these touchdowns are going to come down a little bit for McColl, but I think he has another solid, great, efficient year because he's efficient as shit. Um, but he's he's going to be that deep target guy too, as, as well as Tyreek Hill is. But I think he racks up more receptions. Um, and but he has like a, maybe a few more or less touchdowns. I say he has like five, maybe maybe five six touchdowns. Oh, we'll be doing our NFL predictions in no time. Oh yeah, I can't wait for that. Cannot wait. Cannot sure. wait. All right, uh, Corey again. Uh, do you think the Royals should call up a bunch of their prospects to the big to the big league level this year, being that it's only a sixty game season and weird Kobe season, or should the Royals let a majority of them keep devolving and not call them up yet? Uh, to answer your question, no, I don't think they should because I think that the Royals technically have something to play for this year because if it was a 162-game schedule, they have nothing to play for this year. And in fact, I would recommend they bring guys up because this would be a meaningless season. They actually have something to play for in the short, uh, shorter version of a season in, in all respects. So I, I wouldn't do that. Um, but here's the thing. In all reality, the Royals wouldn't do it anyway. They're famous for right. literally keeping all of their talent down there as long as they possibly can. Go look at Moustakis, Hosmer, any of those guys of the of the World Series team they brought up in the farm system. They waited and waited and waited as long as they could. They even took Moustakis back down there the beginning of 2014 when they got to the World Series. So they're not going to do it. And I and if I was them, I still wouldn't do it. Yeah, unless you know Dayton has a change of heart and tries to do things differently with Matheny this year. Um, and if Mithini's more, you know, that risk taker kind of guy, or, or, or likes to do do things a little more unconventional compared to the the history of the Royals system and how they run things. Well, he wears affliction tees, so maybe he does. I don't yeah, know. he's cool. He's a he's one of the cool guys. Um, uh, yeah, I, I agree with Lance. I think it's just best to to play your best players at the, at the moment, unless someone's absolutely shining, you know, and give them a chance. I outside of that, I just think you, they like they do have they could. Anybody has a shot at playing the playoffs right now at this point. Um, if they catch a hot streak, you know, just I would just keep with that, ride that, you know, that roller coaster as long as you can. If it's working, it's working. Um, until like the playoffs are out of sight, which you won't know till later because the season's so so short. Um, there's no real reason to do that right away. All right, Corey. Last question. Besides the Lakers and Clippers, since they are majority of, of favorites to win it. Do you guys see any sleeper teams out there that can make a run for the title, which obviously you guys... Absolutely, but more on the Eastern side. Yeah. I have I have absolute confidence that the Lakers are going to make it out of the out of the West. The Eastern Conference, is, even though I am confident in my pick with the Celtics, in no way, shape, or form would it shock me if the Bucks or Sixers or even the Raptors were to make that run because I believe in the Raptors. I yeah. think, although they don't have stars, once again, that team's cohesive. Well, I guess they, they do have star. I mean, they do have a star. Uh, in the making, but I, I, honestly, though, I, I think that there's three or four teams in the Eastern Conference that can easily get out of the Eastern Conference. On uh, the West side, though, I, it, it for me, it's either the it's. I say that there's not a lot of teams in the East, Western Conference only because of my confidence in the Lakers, but I could see the Rockets, I could see the Clippers making out of the West, but more on the sleeper side of things, I'm going to stay on the Eastern side. So he said a sleeper team that can make the finals. That can make a title run. Yeah. 
I mean, if I'm gonna if I'm gonna throw a team out there to, to be like almost hot, hot takey in a way that can make a run, I'm gonna say the Thunder. The Thunder could make a if they hit a stride, you know, another because they have young guys. But Chris Paul has obviously been balling out of his mind. If Chris Paul can get those guys confident enough to to buy into his system, the way he de- defers the ball and finds a way to create buckets for himself, they can make a run. And even the talented eighth seed, if they make the eighth seed, the Blazers can make a run. I'm not I'm not confident in any of those teams because the West is so top heavy with talent, with the Nuggets, the Clippers, the Lakers, and the and the, the Rockets. Those four teams right there, it's, those are juggernaut teams, man. It's just loaded with star power. So I just in the in the West, it's definitely hard. But the East has definitely got a lot of people in the mix that can make a run to the finals. They could possibly beat the Bucks, but yeah, it's it's hard to decipher who would who would make a run. But I would just say the Thunder just to kind of be, you know, contrarian a little bit. Okay. Uh, Donnie's back with his eleven. Oh player. shit. <laughs> He's, he's like, got, psych, bitches, got, got, I'm he's, back. He's, he's our Bill Russell. He's got 11. <laughs> he's got 11. He smoked a doobie and came back with another yeah, one. Yeah, he's like, okay, hold on. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, what are your thoughts on Tyreek Hill easily getting up to a 4.37 without even trying against T.O.? I'm not shocked in the slightest bit. I, mean, I saw the video. He's so fast. Like, the, the, to be honest with you, the only shocking part of the video was the fact that T.O.'s still doing it at 46 Jesus, years old. Jesus, dude, I know. Dude's in Specimen. insane shape. Sign him. He looks like the dude um, in the in that uh, the alien movie uh, Prometheus. <laughs> Remember the dude that's standing on the river, like the, the, engin- like, the engineer. He looked like that guy. Yeah. Like, how do you look like that as a human at a pro <laughs> at a, an advanced age, man? Like, I want, I want, I want what Tio's got in his blood, man. I want that. Forty-six. Yes, and he's like, sign me, Andy. I was like, you know what? Fuck it, sign the dude. Like, whatever. I'm so down, bro. Like, I really am sign? at this I'm point. So, yes. I'm so down. At this point, I would. Fuck like, yeah. Add the question. Bro, I love Tio. I would love to have it. Just have him in the locker room. Yeah. Bro. 2020. Let's go. Let's Fuck do it, it, man. Fuck it's it. been a weird ass year. Let's party. Let's add Tio to the equation. Let's do this shit. I'm so down. Because this is the one locker room he couldn't kill. I'm so down. You know what I mean? Like, but no, like Tyreek Hill, like him running a four. Okay, yeah. and the sun came up. Like, yeah. what is that really shocking? Is that really shocking? I'm pretty sure he yawned. I'm sure, pretty sure he yawned at the end of that. That's what I'm saying, and, yeah. man. It's like, yeah, okay. It's like it's like Patty Mahomes throwing it out of a stadium. Okay, yeah, I expect that. Like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Yeah, get, let's get some to action here. I'm telling you, man. I get your popcorn ready. I'd be all get for it. Job. I would be all that's for my it. And he's never gonna play. It never happened, but it'd be cool. Like I'm, I'm entertaining it. A run back tour is gonna be legit, man. I'm telling. Yeah, you. I'm not surprised. The fastest player in football ran a four three. Yeah, that's on, on any given w- weekend. So oh, that's my quarterback. That's yeah, good. he's got bigger guns than Trev. Nice. <laughs> Bruno. Hey. It ain't Bruno. It's Bruno. I'm buzzing, bro. <laughs> nice. All right. Twelfth question from Donnie Couch. Bring it. Uh, Jesus. What were your thoughts on seeing the beast that is Bull Bull finally hitting the court in the bubble? To me, he's KD with really, really oof. long arms. Oof, 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 oof. Yikes. Um, <laughs> we're giving him some high praise. That's uh, awful, KD. awful quick there. Yeah. I, I do think it's funny, though, that they randomly drug tested yeah. Bull Bull after that game. You want to talk about Bull Bull shit. Well, too. <laughs> yeah, like, the, the, the dude has a great game, and you, he has six blocks. You're going to randomly test the guy? Really? Whoa there, buddy. Whoa it's like there. when Pat McAfee laid hey. down on that guy a few years ago. They randomly drug tested him, too. It's hilarious. Uh I, I would say calm down on the praise with him a little bit. I do expect good things for Bull Bull. I think he's going to be one hell of a player. You think he'll be a starter in the league? Yes, absolutely. He's got the skill set. He's he's good enough. I think he's going to be a starter. 
the KD stuff, man, he's got about 13 years to, to catch up to KD on that. I, I'm not going to go there, but I can, I can absolutely see him being a starter in the NBA. Yeah, that's highly offensive to compare him to KD already. Um, yeah. he's, he's a little awkward still, honestly. He kind of looks like a deer trying to walk. Oh, he's very a, a, a baby deer oh, trying I mean, to walk again. what, 19 years yeah, old? Did you see his dad play? That's what I'm saying. Uh, he's, it's really... I'm not saying he has the natural gifts. His brother Smokeable is pretty legit that's a, too. <laughs> that's apparent, dude. That's apparent, but um, yeah, the KD comparison can you can we can wait on that. I don't. He doesn't have the jumper for that yet. Um, the kid definitely has potential to be a solid player in this league. Um, this was a scrimmage, so let's take it easy a little bit. Uh, but yeah, I, I'm excited to see what he could possibly be, become in this league for sure. Yeah, I think he'll be incredible. It was a scrimmage. Yeah, Jesus I think Christ. he'll be incredible. Right, Come, on, man. Stop, bro. Come on, man. Sorry. You can stop. Okay. All right. 13, 13th and final question Jeez. for me and the Monday Mailbag. It is 1.30 in the morning, Donnie. <laughs> Western or Pacific. <laughs> yeah. He says, what are your top five QBs entering the 2020 season? Top, oh. Wait, what? Top five quarterbacks going into the 2020 season. I'm going to go, obviously, with our guy, Patty Mahomes, at number one. Mm. Uh, Russell Wilson at number two. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm probably going to stick with Aaron Rodgers at number three, um, just off of talent alone. After that, it, it's it, I'm going to probably give Lamar Jackson his due. I'm going to say number four, Lamar Jackson, and then number five, Deshaun Watson. Yeah. Um, I have the exact same list as you. Yeah, I'm, I, that's the exact same list. I have mine ranked the exact same list. Matthew Stafford in there? <laughs> no, that's Kent's list. No, he's Kent, a, he no, no, Stafford has to beat teams. Stafford has to beat teams over 500 first. <laughs> hey, whoa, whoa, whoa! Let's not get me triggered again. Check that record against 500 teams. Let's not get me triggered again. They could have beaten the Chiefs in Week Three, man. Let's be real. So yeah. You guys don't Matt, have Drew Brees in the top five. No. No, uh, no, he's not a top five quarterback in my mind. Drew can get the job done. Still, he's not an elite. He's going to get his numbers. Anymore. Yeah, he's not an elite quarterback anymore. He's not in the same class as Patty Mahomes and Russell. He's just, yeah, he's now. just not. Yeah, at Tom this point Brady. of his career, he's not no, better. Absolutely not. Tom Brady hasn't been an elite quarterback in three years. And if we're gonna go by numbers, Tom Brady could have. He's he's destined to have great numbers this year with that offense. But he could also suck. Yeah. You know. So, but we know Deshaun's gonna ball. We know Lamar's gonna ball. We know Aaron Rodgers is gonna ball. We know. You uh, can't Pat's gonna ball, you, and we know you can't take Drew Brees Russell's and Tom Brady and just put them on a on a team, and then right. they're gonna excel. Right. You can do that with Patrick Mahomes, Russell Wilson, Lamar Jackson, Aaron Rodgers, and Deshaun Watson. Right. Right. You can take those guys and put them on a random team, and they're gonna play well. What about Derek Carr? And that's uh, Eddie's last show with us. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, Mister Yo 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 is you going bye bye bye. Talking, talking about the backup to Mariota? Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. That's a hot take. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Eddie has passed on. Mr. Yo-Yo-Yo is Mr. Bye-Bye-Bye. Last question comes from Jeremiah. Uh, do you think Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill contract years coming up, they would take less to stay with the Chiefs? We've touched on this one. Yeah. Uh, I don't think Tyreek I don't think the Tyreek Hill's contract comes up in 2021. I don't think it's 2022. Yeah. Uh, regardless. It was a four-year well, they're deal, coming right? up. They're yeah, coming yeah, yeah. Up. Uh, yeah. I, I don't think Travis Kelsey's going to take less because I don't think the Chiefs are going to have to pay him less. Um, George Kittle is going to reset the tar- t- tight end market. Yeah. Um, but Travis Kelsey understands that he's about five years older than uh, George Kittle, so he can't demand the same type of money. Uh, I do think though that yeah, he's gonna he's gonna make a decent amount. Uh, and no, Tyreek Hill is going to have another All Pro year within the next two years at least. And I think the Chiefs are going to win at least another Super Bowl in that yeah. time. I, I don't see them taking less. And quite frankly, they're going to have to because the Chiefs find ways to pay their guys what they're worth. 
So I don't think it's yeah. I think I think with Travis Kelsey, they're going to figure out a decent deal to that where he gets his money. He may not be the highest paid tight end in the league, which is probably unlikely. Uh, George Kill is probably going to be that guy, uh, but I think it will be a, an incentive based contract with Travis Kelsey to keep him pushing for those incentives because I think that's important. To te- I mean, I don't think you need to motivate Travis Kelsey much more than he already is self motivated because he's one of the fi- most fired up guys in this locker room. Um, but I. I have no doubt in my mind they're going to find a way to keep Travis Kelsey around. And I think Travis Kelsey himself would do whatever it took to be here because we see the relationship he has with Pat. And I think that's more important. to the, like, I've, like I've talked about with this locker room, him, Tyreek, all these guys, the camaraderie, the relationship they have, they have a, they have a goal, right? They want to build a dynasty. That is, the, that is the key. That is the goal for all of these guys. I mean, the fact that they worked it out with Chris Jones tells you everything you need to know. In any other situation... If Dynasty wasn't the goal, Chris Jones wouldn't be here. Just period. We wouldn't have found a way to keep him here. Pat wouldn't have taken that, taken that deal. He would have taken a shorter amount of money in a shorter amount of time, got more of a heavy uh, uh, you know, front-loaded instead of back-loaded contract. But we, we, the goal is to get a Dynasty, and there, I, no, no doubt in my mind Travis Kelsey is going to work with the front office to find a way to get him paid, keep him here for another few, few years. Uh, and Tyreek Hill, obviously, same thing. They're going to figure it out. No doubt in my mind. So wait, the mailbag actually ended. Oh my god! So we had what forty-five questions? Was it? My goodness, man. Yeah, we better have as many as questions as we've had presidents. Yeah. That's holy shit. Man. Yeah, that's yeah. Unlike the you know questions, it's a lot. Was good. It's a lot, bro. Well done, guys. Oh my god, you guys kicked our ass on that mailbag. Keep those coming though, man. I love that. We'll we'll just take a whole show dedicated to the mailbag if that's yeah. how it goes. Daddy's Keep them coming, guys. Enough. We love that. That's what we do this for. <sighs> Keep them coming. We do that every single week. We have one more horror business to take care of, guys. What's it called again? Hold this app. I want you to do me a favor and hold this L. Somebody's got to hold that L. <laughs> Le him, the her. I'm talking like caps lock L L L L L L L L L Cool J stuff. Hold that L. <laughs> Good God, man. Hold this gigantic, <gasps> veiny, oh pulsating L. Man, you are one pathetic loser. You ignorant bastard. <laughs> oh, that was great. Oh, hold Sorry. this L. time to hold this L. Every single week we like to give out some friendly, maybe not so friendly L's. No matter, nevertheless, in the world of sports, there are always L's to hand out. And you're getting three L's tonight. So, Eddie, starting with you, Mr. Yo-Yo-Yo, who is holding the L this week for you? Ironically, this team has an L in their name. <laughs> it Ooh. is the Hell ironic. Galaxy. Yeah! Uh, reason they're getting the L... Uh, Everybody had high expectations. They brought Chicharito from from Spain for nine point five million dollars. He's getting so much money for the season. Um, I think he's in like in the two point five, maybe four million four million dollar range per season. Uh, he missed a penalty. He has been playing like shit. Uh, there's just Ellie Galaxy just has no 
no chemistry. Uh, their glory days seem to be gone. Uh, they they're missing Landon Donovan so bad because that's when they were irrelevant. That's when they were the team. Uh, when Donovan was there, when Beckham was there, they tried to do it with uh, Ibrahimovic, but obviously he was already too old. Uh, we knew that was not going to work out to get a championship anyways. He was fun, though. He was fun uh, with the media. Uh, <laughs> but they brought Chicharito. As of right now, that's just uh, that's blowing up in their face so bad. Uh, they don't have the roster. They have the name. They have, I guess you can say, the, the talent. But I, I just don't know what's wrong with the LA Galaxy. They just... They can't find that chemistry. They lost uh, two of the three games that they played. Uh, obviously, these matches uh, counted for points for the re- uh, regular season. They lost two. They drew the last game. Obviously, Chicharito, I don't think, played the last game. Uh, so, yeah, they've just been so shitty. So, that for that reason, they're just going to have to... Hold this L! Trevor Twidwell, who's holding the L for you this week? All right. So, last week, I had a Sacramento Kings... L with Roshan Holmes doing the whole had to go get his lemon pepper wings. Um, Can't blame him. Leaving the leaving the bubble and having to quarantine with those wings. Um, I unfortunately I was gonna have a hot take, man. When we when I initially started doing my um, our predictions for the NBA uh, bubble and the run and the and the and the and the, and the seedings, I was gonna have the Kings in my eighth spot. Okay, because the Kings. Okay, the Kings were trending up. As the season, as all this stuff hit, we were balling, we were doing good, um, and then all this stuff happened. We're only four games back out of the eighth spot, right? They were tied record-wise with the with the Falcons, with the um, uh, New Orleans Pelicans. Um, only four games behind. I, I felt we could make a run because we have a good young roster who's very very quick. De'Aaron Fox is a stud in my mind, very good defensive player. Um, anyways, we have, and we we were gonna have Marvin Bagley back, who I was like, super excited about. Who's our draft pick? You know, in 2018, um, who I love. I think he's a he's a rebounding fiend. He's a very aggressive guy. He was that piece that we needed to make it run. He only played uh, 13 games this season. He missed 22 games, but when he did play, he averaged a seven what uh, 15, almost 15 points and eight rebounds. Right, so he's a key pl- player as far as like our big, and he's an athletic big, and he was starting to hit the three. Um, very athletic guy, and I thought he was going to be a big piece to make this push to get the eight spot. But um, unfortunately, he has. Obviously, had another injury uh, during a practice, right? So I think he, I believe he sprained his foot, or possibly broke something in his foot after he came back from these injuries right before the bubble happened, uh, or before the COVID stuff happened. So we just can't catch a break, man. I was really excited to kind of use that hot take. I really wanted to just put it out there and see if they can make a run for the eights. I mean, they still could. It's still possible. They have a good young roster. I mean, again, Luke Walton's our coach, so I'm not holding out hope. But I felt like if he if we were gonna get him back, that would have brought a new fire to the Kings roster. He's I love the kid. I think he's got a bright future in this league. He's kind of the ideal like small big that you want. He's very athletic and run the floor really quickly. Um, so I was excited to have him back and make and, you know get this run going. But um, just happened to hurt himself again in a practice, not even in a scrimmage, in a practice, and now he's out for the rest of the year. Um, hopefully he can get back next year. But for now. That run is no longer really a possibility in my mind and very low probability there. So Sacramento Kings, once again, for the second week possible for me, going to have to do me a favor and hold this L. L. Get well, I, I, I came into tonight with a couple of L's that I was kind of mulling over. And then halfway through our show, 
we get the information about LDT opting out of his contract, mm. arguably opting out of his NFL career, yeah. at least with the Chiefs at this point. He's going to be a free agent after this season anyway. His quote tonight was, this is, this is a snippet, I cannot allow myself to potentially transmit the virus in our community simply to play the sport that I love. If I am to if I am to take risks, I will do it caring for patients. Now, I know we all have our opinions, and that's okay. Let's be real for a second. Everybody out there that has done everything the opposite of what it takes to help further along the betterment of our society and to get quite frankly the things we love the most and all of us join together right now we all we're all sports fans we all love this and we had a four-month layoff of being able to watch our sports and enjoy them not to mention normalcy of life has just completely gone out the window we have a player in the midst of a potential dynasty a starting player in his 20s that has every right and every opportunity to continue to further that career and to win more op- win more championships, at least one more. He's opting out of that to help further the possibility of saving lives like we've talked about before tonight. He's leaving all of that. So for all of you that want to downplay or bitch and complain about having to wear a mask in public and go to places and have to put on a mask, you guys do understand this man is the only medical doctor in the NFL, the only person that knows medicine as a player in the NFL this at this level, is choosing to take on this virus in another platform. That's how serious and that's how real this is. So for everybody out there that wants to bitch and complain once again and have your rights and, and, and bitch and complain about you know the inconveniences that us Americans have never had to go through until this very moment. My body, my choice. You know, it's really showing our true colors about what, what we really go through as a society when this is the type of shit we're complaining about. Meanwhile, a man is literally walking away from his career to try to help save lives. That's how fake it is. So for all of you that want to continue to play off that bullshit narrative, do me a favor and hold this L. Because you're on the wrong side of history, motherfuckers. <sighs> Show's been fun. What was that? Kid? Such a child. Oh, was that like a I blue the, streak? I did the DX. <laughs> How to represent. As always, as expected, tonight's been fun. It's been a fun episode. We had a blast with you guys. You guys set the record on the Monday mailbag, for Christ's sake. I love that. That was awesome. And I'm not kidding when I say if the Monday mailbag is loaded like that from here on out, we'll dedicate more time to the Monday mailbag. Donnie we'll was scratch, loaded. We'll scratch another segment and bring that on because we love, and I mean we love hearing from you guys. That is so much fun. Because I don't read the Monday mailbag before tonight. Eddie, when you read that stuff, that's the first time I'm hearing those words. So you're getting an authentic, a raw, Same. yes, I said raw, Gat. Like the the salmon, uh, salmonella incident uh, of 2020 of Mrs. Gat. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, shout out to Sonic. Um, shout out. We we love getting those. We love getting those from you guys because you guys are getting an authentic reaction from us. Yeah. You know, I didn't get to sit here and think about it. Trevor didn't get to. Eddie didn't get to. But that's what we. That's what this show's about. So thank you guys for doing that. For all of our podcast listeners, you faithful people out there, you YouTubers out there watching us, subscribe to KCPN, man. We got a lot of other great content out there that isn't just sports. Run your mouth's been killing it. 
He talks about activism, talks about uh, social injustice, racism, hip-hop music, hip-hop culture. Like, there's a lot of good stuff that Marlon's uh, providing. We got our gutter sluts, man. We got Life's Okay. We have all of our people out there. Gat's got her stuff going on. Like, we are growing as a network. Let's get, you know, bring bring on your support. We cannot thank you enough for it. We absolutely need it to continue. And that's what we're here to do, man, is to give you guys a mo our most authentic and, and sincere reactions to the world of sports, in particular to the Spoken Podcast. So for Trevor Twidwell, for Gat, for Eddie Ortiz, for Clay Windler. I am Lance Woodwell saying, guys, we got sports back. And until episode 75, this is episode 74 saying, we out of this bitch. Later. We're going to get out of this bitch. Thank you so much for listening, guys. See ya. You are tuned in to spoke. I might actually stick I might actually stick around for a little bit.